This podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for slashloot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Welcome to Weekend Confirmed, everybody, for this special holiday edition. Black Friday, y'all. Back, I think we'll actually put this up prior to Friday. Oh, I mean, oh usually good. We, because people want to listen to it on Thanksgiving, so you know it's nice to have it up ahead of time. We may even put this up on Blue Wednesday. What? Uh, Green Wednesday. Whatever. Whatever. I think it's Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Well, that's true. It is Blue Monday. Okay, Blue Monday. <laughs> well, so what, what should we make Wednesday? Uh, hump Day. It's Hump Day. <laughs> we gotta give it a color. Hey, hey guys, you know what day it is? You know what day it is? Hump is not a color. You know what day it is? Hump is it's hump day. Uh, You've seen the commercial, right? No. With the camel walking through the. I, I, I've seen it. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, I yeah. sort of blocked that out of my mind. I think. Anyway, uh, Thanksgiving for United States, obviously Canada, Mexico. I don't care. Yeah, I said North America last week. So what? <laughs> <laughs> Typical American. Oh, I know. A uh, lot to be thankful for this year. Yeah, a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful for you guys. Oh, and I'm thankful for our audience. That's sweet. Lots to be thankful for. And anything special in your wish list? My wish list? I have I have gotten myself enough gifts in the last oh, three nice. weeks, believe me. How's that iPad Air working out for you? <laughs> did you bring it today? I did not. Why don't you bring it so I can see it and just sort of go, oh, that's very I'll nice. It. I'll bring it next time. Oh, okay, everybody. It's uh, Jeff Kanata here on my left, partner in crime. Yeah. iPad Air owner extraordinaire. <laughs> that's dual, dual console wielding guy. Yeah. Who hasn't been back on PSN since he got his one. Well... That's In the, my defense, it's one. It was one week. Has not been back on his PS4 since he got his that's, one. Well, I also tried. I also got on PS4 last night and couldn't get on to PSN. It would not really. It would not log on to because PSN. somehow or other we weren't. How are we not PSN friends? Part of this that is very strange. It's weird. That is strange. Yeah, but it's because we're everybody else has bias. accepted my uh, my friend requests, but still says you know. Yeah, unpronounceable pending, just sitting there. By the way, for those of you who've been listening uh, and and asking, I posted my name into the show thread. I'm not going to put it on Twitter because it's only, there is a like limited number. Besides, I wanted to be at least reasonably, you know, cool to people who listen. But it is G L four F O U R, so it's G L F O U R, and mine's unpronounceable. The word no, it is. It is unpronounceable. Yeah. It's unpronounceable. It's like who's on first? Yeah. That's my fault for making a cheeky name. It oh, is whatever. indeed. At the far end of the table, Ozzy back again to uh, try and explain to us why he couldn't explain Xbox One games last week. Because I, you know what? I got nothing. I, I, <laughs> I, I was very off last week. His and fingers I, were rumbling too and, much. See, that's why I did the, the reason I threw you under the bus right away is to get it out of the way. Yeah. Let you get over that. And, and I, I, take, I take responsibility. And now you're going to have that a was, great show. Exactly. It's going to have a great show. And first timer on the show, my very good friend, uh... You will recognize him as the guy who put together game trailers, has been behind many, many, many a video review, and done a couple now for Shack News, Shane Satterfield. First timer! <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate Welcome. that. A round of applause. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's a big time. It's a big time deal. <laughs> I Good appreciate to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it a ton. By the way, uh, I haven't actually brought this up to you before, but it's like common knowledge anyway. Are you? What are you doing the weekend before Christmas? 
This is getting really awkward. You know that we're broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? It doesn't matter. I don't know yet. I have not got my tickets back to the East Dude, Coast the, for the holidays yet. So Grant Nelson's playing in San Francisco. Oh, at the, wow. At the Mighty. Oh, the Barry. That's a bit of a haul. Well, he's going to play here during the week, the week before. But it's during the week. Fuck during the week. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> anyway. It might work for that's me. That's why the show's called We Can Confirm. This we is why it's called We Can Confirm. We go during the week, man. We, look, even in America, like Grant Nelson plays a show. Miguel Miggs, before that, it's Assaulted Night at the Mighty. It's going to go to like 4 o'clock in the morning. I can't do 4 o'clock in the morning on a work night. All right, guys. You can take this offline. Yeah. We will take it offline. <laughs> just happened to pop into my head. And you know what? This is a friendly show with friends talking about games. Welcome to Garnet's Schedule, the podcast all about what Garnet's doing. In the weeks ahead. Later on, I'll be going to Whole Foods, <laughs> looking for some golden beets. Are you there, color high? What, what would you like to know? Uh, I'd like to know about Thursday at 3 o'clock. Thursday at 3 o'clock it is. Garnet's schedule. Ooh, it looks Watching like- football. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. We will be watching some football. All right. Definitely. Uh, we have a lot to talk about because I think we'll just get right back into the next gen. Shane's played a bunch of games. Mr. Kanata uh, has been enjoying his one, I hope. Yeah. I have. I have. We got lots to talk about. And I have, uh, I know a lot of you will be very interested in this. I have a hot off the presses, like literally 20 minutes ago, long set of answers from Turn 10 creative director Dan Greenwalt concerning many of the uh, questions that have been raised about Forza 5, which I put to them rather bluntly. And uh, most of the answers, well, some of the answers are what you would expect and a little bit dancing around the subject, but others of them do speak at least to uh, the creative intent behind them, whether or not we completely agree with the results. That's a whole other question. And I will get into that. I want to not start off on a negative note. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I, we can start off with Forza, though, because... But if we... Okay, we're we going to have to go to that subject then. Well, we'll go to that subject okay. eventually, but right. I, I, I want to... I want you to get an Xbox One and get Forza more than you can possibly know. Because... Do you, do you want me to first... have one $560 worth? Of your money, <laughs> uh, <laughs> truth is out. I uh, I have ha- been having fun with a simulation racer like I never knew I could. Really? Yeah, I'm what, hooked on it. What it do you think is contributing to that? Uh, I don't know. I I, I mean, I think <laughs> it, it may be a combination of me sort of maturing as a gamer, or the systems in that game being particularly welcoming to newcomers and. Uh, they do a, just such a fantastic job of bringing you into that world and getting you excited about driving cars and then, you know, all the assistant stuff, which have been staples of the series before, but it just makes it into a game that is, for the first time, I feel like, oh, this is why people like these games. I never was a Gran Turismo guy. Have I, you given those games a chance before? I played a little of previous Forzas. I've played a little, I played a little of all of them, but no, not really. Right. So uh, this is the first one you've given a chance to, but it's well, fortunate for you because you're yeah. coming in later on when they've actually figured this stuff out already. Like mm. this is what it takes True. to keep people who haven't tried these games before hooked into this game. Yeah. I, I mean, I like my, uh, I like my, my, my racing games crashy and, and fun and, and, and wild. And I like jumping, you know, burnout so, fan. Yeah. Big time. And I like jumping. You know, <laughs> everyone sweet, likes sweet jumps, dude. <laughs> sweet jumps. Uh, but uh, for the first time, I'm finding the fun in avoiding crashes. Like, I did that in Grand, Tur- or in, uh, in Grand Theft Auto. Like, I'm one of those <laughs> players who tries not to hit any pedestrians. Yeah. I don't know why I feel guilty. I feel like for people like me, that's part of the challenge of the game is completing missions without completely mowing down herds of people at a time. <laughs> right. So, But Forza it is so... It, it it hooked me, and I I have decided that I want to get good at this game. I want to learn how to be good well, at it, and the, that's why I want to pick beauty, your brain. The beauty of an awesome racing game is getting good at it 
isn't just a single path. It's a path down any number of cars that you mm. like and racing well with that class of cars. So, you know, that's, I think, one yeah. thing that some people initially get confused about, about the way they get into uh, sim racers, is that in in any in almost any other game, the idea of progression is that you get to the better thing and you leave the old thing behind. And right. in, in auto racing, that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Yes, at the top classes, you know, in our class, which is the racing class cars, you're going to be driving at a higher rate of speed and everybody else is going to be at a higher rate of speed. But the whole mechanic of the game is different. You're playing with downforce. You're playing with a much more sophisticated suspension and you're and you have a whole different sort of road holding dynamic. And by that, I mean how well the car adheres to the tarmac right. and what kind of ways you can throw it through corners versus, you know. Hey, a C-class car can be a hell of a lot of fun to race. Yeah, because driving it is a different drive. It, it's a different. It's a different corner entry point. It's a different way to get out of the corner fast. It's a different way to you know how much do I draft? Where do I draft? Where can I pass? Passing spots will change on the same course. A place where you might be able to late. So what the classic breaking, a classic passing maneuver is is late breaking. And late breaking is you are right behind someone. You're coming up to a corner. You break later than they do allowing you to get up inside of them and make the pass. I want to be inside you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's easier to make the inside pass than the outside. The outside pass is harder to stick mm-hmm. because if you think about it, now you've played some of these games, as you get further into the outside of a corner, yeah. you're, you're pushing the limits of traction that you have. And as you try to get on the gas coming back out of it, you're quickly running out of pavement and you're already past the limit of adhesion for your tires. So you, you're in a tough spot, right? So you mm-hmm. want to do is you want to get really close down a straight, then sneak inside and and be more uh, deft with the braking so that you can hit them a little later but a little harder and still get through there. And then then the objective after that is to not lose the pass. Because one of the things that once you learn that, the next thing that'll happen is you'll just get repassed. Yeah. Because what happens is you've overbraked now, like you've waited too late and you've overbraked and now you shoot past the outside yeah. on the other side of the apex and the person who was on the right line comes back through and passes you right back underneath. Yeah. And in in, in the past... I would have heard you say all that stuff, and I would have just turned a mush in my head. And now you're actually paying attention. And now I'm like, well, yeah, that's really fun. I know. I really d- fun. Or so, if you play online, you just get smashed from behind and used as a guardrail in the turns. Right. <laughs> Sadly. Well, unless you race with friends or leagues or clubs. Right. You know, and, well, I'll tell you. So last night <laughs> was one of the most fun multiplayer experiences of my life. So you we and did, Dan and I, who else was involved? Me in and Dan and, and our friend Reza and uh, uh, Jose Sanchez from uh, from Electric Playground. Uh we got on and did uh, the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Five. <laughs> we did a five-lap <laughs> indie race uh, with rent because you can rent uh, the indie cars. You know, you, you some of them. Yeah, right. We'll get into that later. But um, <laughs> so those cars are, and and I've been, you know, I've been playing my little Subaru C-Class crappy, you know, whatever. Uh, it's for you know the whole time I've been playing Forza, which was not that long. But then all of a sudden I'm in these indie cars and you can you don't have to brake. You know, you're just you're just on the road, and it was. Well, first of all, you're going around in a corner. Going yeah, around a you're circle. going around a circle, and they're and they're high banked circles, right? And, and you're playing with a car now that has massive amounts of uh, downforce on it, right? Exactly. So, so you're just flat, and you're going way faster than I had I had to that point in the game. Uh, it was just so thrilling, and we did the four of us and fifteen. Drivatars. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like mayhem. It was a blast. And then Dan was like right ahead of me and uh he spins out and his car goes flying into the air. I drive underneath it. It was like 
we were like, oh, crazy. And then we're all, all of us at the same time went, Xbox record that. <laughs> uh, it was so exhilarating and fun. And I was like, I get why Garnet and Jason and all the people that have come on the show and talked about how much they love these games. Next thing you know, you're going to be out at Button Willow with I a know. helmet in your hand. <laughs> like, I want to get good at this. Trailing I want to learn, learn how to be better at this game. It's it's really fun. And I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Helps a lot that the avatars are just so engaging. Like it's it's not just an AI thing anymore. Like you're when you're trying to make the inside turn, you're not just doing it against like a robotic AI racer. Now you're think now you're going against someone that has pretty much the same idea you do. Like everyone that tries to like take the inside turn or like try to pass, they think they kind of think the way you do. So with everyone having the same idea, it turns crashy and it turns chaotic and it turns into a lot of fun. Well, I I uh I hate to be the cynical one, but I was definitely thinking to myself, what's the difference between Drivatars and an AI guy that has my friend's name over his head? You know, like what to to me to to me, I think they they're telling me that he's driving like my friend's tendencies are to drive. But how would I know that? You could kind yeah, of you, you, you could kind of you could kind of <laughs> tell that they're going down a set path. Like you'll see Drivatars every now and then, like completely overshoot a turn or hit the wall or make mistakes. Yeah, like in that sense, you can kind of you can tell that they're more human racers I, or I'm I, wondering I hope that's true I, I I'm definitely loving the experience of seeing my friend's names next and going oh my god Doug I just dro- drove by I'm gonna get him I'm gonna get him and that's why I want Garnet to play so badly <laughs> you can raise his ghost yeah right? because you know it's it adds stakes when somebody passes you on a in just a regular race and you recognize the name of the person that just passed you. You don't want that to happen. It can also work as a training tool, too, because you can watch their lines. Say Garnet's really good at Forza, which, you know, he probably is. I mean, you can watch his lines and figure out how to shave some time off of your time as well and get better at the game working with his drive guitar. Well, but there's but that's two different things. So that there's either your sort of the rival thing where you're actually watching the exact best lap that Garnet has done. But, or his drive guitar, which is sort of... AI with his tendencies. But going back to what you were saying, how do you know? Right. That's that's my point with the Drivatars is... I, I mean, mean, they could have just recorded one of his laps on that same track, and then they're just mm-hmm. recreating it and calling it the Drivatar. I mean, going back to what you're saying, like, how do you know how they're manufacturing what his Drivatar well, is Well, it does. I mean, it does react to the situation at hand. It's just supposedly doing it with the, the kinds of ways that he's approaching stuff. But even that feels less mechanical than just straightforward AI, which, you know, it, it adds a lot to the experience overall. I just don't have enough experience with these type of games to know the difference. So it's funny that you got, have gotten hooked on Forza because what you're describing about wanting to learn how to get better is the entire principle behind the license system of Gran Turismo. Hmm. I mean, that is the license system of Gran Turismo. The license system of Gran Turismo takes you from being a babe in the woods of here's how to get a car off the line. To mm-hmm. here's how here's how to learn how long it takes you to break from different speeds. To okay, here's how you do a a one turn corner. Hey, here's how you do a two turn corner. Hey, here's how you do a series of S's. Here's how you do a corner that has a changing geometry. So you know mm-hmm. if you go into a corner, it's sweeping, and then at the end of it, it's, it you know tightens into a harder turn. And how to find all those lines and and where to look for the lines. That's what I want. And, I want uh, that kind of a then, trainer. You should go play Gran Turismo then. Yeah, you know what the problem with that? The problem with that philosophy is, uh, I put my PS3 in its box. Why? And <laughs> once it's in the box, it's <laughs> never coming out. Why did you put it in your box? <laughs> because there's not room on my shelf for <sighs> that many consoles anymore. But it's yeah. gonna come back out once uh, once Gran Turismo and Dark Souls comes out. I mean, 
You know, the think, Xbox One does help, though, because it will suck up one of your inputs from your receiver because you can plug your yeah. TV. And we'll get into that later, I'm assuming, about the sure, TV pass-through and everything. Um, but that is the one thing I do like about the TV pass-through, and I don't like everything about it. But one thing that is great is it does free up an input from the back of your receiver, which has allowed me to keep one of last-gen consoles in my entertainment center. So I'm just talking physical space. Yeah. Physical so room. here's my experience from having played some limited exposure of Forza over at a friend's house. So I played a few races in single-player, full-screen, and I found that the uh, we had a lot of fun in, in a RS Focus. I mean, that's a, if you haven't pulled up that car, it's a great front-wheel drive car, uh, especially the 09 version, because they didn't have the torque dampeners on it. And... So well, he's like uh, torque dampeners. How far should I? <laughs> how deep Basically, down the rabbit hole I think, are you going to go? Rabbit, I, I think like, I looted torque dampener. I started in Diablo. I started, one. I started down that rabbit hole. I realized this may go further than you wanted. But anyway, one of the things that it'll help you get an idea of what front wheel drive cars are about because front wheel drive cars, keep in mind, have so front wheel drive cars, like the name implies, the drive is up front and the steering is yeah, up I'm front. I'm not that much of an idiot. Right? So, well, so, <laughs> so the point is, the point is that when you have when you have a traction patch of a tire, it has, you know, think of it as a number. Whatever that number is, that's how much total potential traction it has. Now you can use that to do something. You can use it to put a driving input like a steering or you can use it to brake or you can use it to accelerate. So in a front-wheel drive car, you're 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 damning yourself because you're trying to do both with one tire contact patch. You're trying to steer mm-hmm. And put pr- and put power down with the same contact patch, right. which is why a rear wheel drive car, which puts the power on the back wheels, which aren't steering, and the steering up front, mm-hmm. you know, helps you distribute that 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 potential for traction. So what happens is if you're going really fast in a front wheel drive car, you get or or actually if you're going really fast, you get push or understeer. Understeer meaning that the car is not steering as far as you're as you're steering it. So you're you're cranking the wheel over to the right, but instead of going over to the right, you're still pushing forward. Right. Okay. But you also get something called torque steer, which is off of a off of a lower speed start when you gas it really hard and you crank the wheel over. Well, because you're moving the wheel a little bit and the wheels are turning, it'll wrench the wheel in your hand and push it over even further. I I infamously took a uh, GTI rabbit into a curb very hard once. IRL? Uh, oh, yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was when I was in college and I had a uh, 80, I had that first generation of GTIs with the four valve per cylinder uh, four in it. And it looked like the rabbits, right? It looked like a rabbit. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a rabbit. It was the classic red one with the black trim on it. And I was, and I was uh, coming up to a stoplight that had like a channelized corner and I'm like, I had just got in a car and I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to nail it. And so I had slowed down to about 20 and started into the channel and just dropped it into second and put my foot on the gas super hard. And it and the wheel just cr- I, it cranked out of my hands and then the thing rode right into the curb. And it's a classic story for, for front-wheel drivers. And this Focus RS, it has some uh, improvement to how they manage torque. They've gotten much better at this. Like a lot of front-wheel drive cars now have these, have these different torque systems where they distribute when they, they have a computer that senses what's going on and they redistribute all this. But this 2009 Focus RS that's in the game, it'll give you a great drive because you'll get a customer of these things because it still has, so, it's beastly. It has so much power that it overcomes all of those assists and and it is a real, it's a real bear to drive, but it's a real fun drive. Mm. The next thing I drove was a Supra RZ. And this is one of my favorite cars of all time. And what happens in this game, and it's really become transparent, is you remember you used to get a car and you'd go to race it in a series. And, you know, everybody, so it's a C-class and everyone wants to be a 500 because that's the top end of C, right? So you have to go buy your car and then you're like, oh, my car's not competitive. What do I do to upgrade it? And then sometimes it would say, oh, we recommend that you do this. Well, 
all that's gone away now. If you buy a, if you go to a race and you don't have a car and you buy a car to race in the race, Forza just automatically upgrades it for you hmm. and says, here's your car. It's ready to go. Well, I'm here to tell you, you don't want to just take that. Oh, because I drove this. I took that. <laughs> well, and, and maybe it'll make you at a place where that car is at least in the class. But I took this, uh, I took this Supra RZ on to, uh, where did we go? You know, I want to say we went to Cirque du Sarth. Yeah, we went to Cirque du Sarth. It was a big, tar- which is the, you know, uh, Le Mans 24 hours race. Their upgrade path, at least if that car is in any indication, is totally predicated on how much power can we put into this car? Not not what makes a good drive, what makes this car drivable, but how much power can we put in this car? I could hardly drive the car. It had so much power hmm. because every time, you know, so, so the idea is that if you're really trying to performance drive, you don't want to be just a little bit on the gas or just a little bit on the brakes. You should either be, you know, full throttle or not throttle and full brakes because you're trying to get the max out of the car. Well, this car, you couldn't get on it full throttle ever because it had so much power that as soon as you tried to get on it full throttle, it would just go insanely crazy out the back end. So you had to really get on the gas slowly. And this is where the triggers, I mean, the whole new trigger thing, really cool. Mm-hmm. You'll love that, by the way. Yeah. In that RS I was talking about, it's especially cool because you really get a great feedback from what's going on in the traction from these triggers, right? So the brake trigger really giving you that idea of when you're getting at the edge of threshold braking and then the accelerator letting you know when you're braking loose. The Supra, it was insane. Absolutely madness. And I didn't have time. I would wish I had had time to go in and look at the way they had set it up because they had just completely thrown it out of balance. It was it was a unbalanced drive. It was not fun to race because it was so far out of balance. Mm. So I would say that, you know, don't just if you're ha- if you get a car that you really like and you take the automatic upgrade and it's not driving well for you, don't say, oh, this car sucks. Say, oh, what's not right about this car? Hmm. And then you'll start to get the hang of it. I, it's all a learning experience for me. And, and I, I just think that the game does, does such a great job of bringing me into that world and con- convincing me that this is fun, uh, which maybe other games have done for others. This is just the game that's done it for me. And uh, I'm. I'm loving it. One thing I find that's really weird too is that it's it I'm not exactly sure how it's modeling anti-lock braking. So, yeah. you have anti-lock braking in your cars? In yeah. your in your current car? In my real car? Have you yeah. ever emergency braked where it kicked in? Uh yeah, I have actually. And so you know how it works. Like, yeah. Like so the idea of a, of anti-lock brakes is that you don't feather the pedal. You you slam the pedal down all the way and let right. the computer take over modulating, you know, yeah. pumping the brakes. Well, I don't feel that. So I was driving a car that had ABS on, and I didn't feel it pumping when I slammed the brakes on, but I, I, think, it, I think that the way they set it up is to encourage you to, to threshold brake, and threshold braking is where you use the pedal just enough to get to the edge of lockup on your own, mm-hmm. like before we had anti-lock brakes, but I think if you go beyond that, either, either it punishes you or it's modeling ABS in the simulation, but it's not giving you the trigger feedback. Well, that Either was, way, it's weird. That was the, that was the big surprise moment for me was when Dan suggested that I, because I just figured I'm an idiot, I'm terrible at these games, put all the assists on. Uh, and the, when I turned off the braking assist and just put on ABS, it's a whole different game. And it, Hopefully, it was like, oh my gosh, this is fun. This is yeah, really interesting. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because what braking assist... Because you have more control. You have way more control. Yeah. All of those like steering assists and braking assists, I find them to actually detract from the game. <laughs> well, yeah. If you watch Top Gear, when they test a car, they always turn off all the assists. It's yeah. like the first it's, thing it's they faster. do. It's faster. Yeah. It's if faster. you're a good driver, it's faster. 
I would say that in in every uh, sim racer that I play, Gran Turismo Forza, I mean that's really the only, the only ones that are out there. I run with everything off except for stability control. Mm-hmm. And I use stability control just because I think that it sort of compensates for the discrepancies in the physics models in the game. If I turn traction control off, turn ABS off, and all that other stuff. Depends. Sometimes you leave ABS on. Sometimes ABS yeah. might be on. <clears throat> well, for me, it, it, you know, it's baby steps and liberal use of rewind. You really should hook up, you should hook up Gran Turismo because if you want to learn, that's probably – I mean, there's some books out there. Yeah. There's some books on performance driving that will give you some ideas of how to do it. So let's address some of the other things. I played split screen, mm-hmm. and I, I – I know hardly anyone probably plays split screen. I think it's broken. Really? I, th- I think I think that my conjecture from having played some single player full screen and then going to split screen is that the machine doesn't have enough power to run the full sim in split screen. And the result is that it runs a sort of half version of the sim and it just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It's really messed up. I mean, it's messed up to the point that at one point we were in hysterical laughter because I was watching a Ferrari slide for like, 150 feet through gravel at five miles an hour <laughs> and i'm like how like that just doesn't Yikes. that defies the law of physics well, how are the graphics in split screen are they're, they they're toned down they're yeah. toned down i mean look the graphics in the game are toned down from what we saw at e3 yeah. the game doesn't look like what it was shown it looks pretty good it looks though. good it, it does look really good though. it looks good but a lot of the track side stuff just does not look the same I back to what you said about split screen, though, I was actually thinking yesterday that uh, for both of these consoles, this might be the first generation where I really am not going to buy a second controller. I oh, no, really? I have no need to buy well, a second so controller. They're so damn expensive. They are expensive. Well, it's just rare to game with somebody on your couch anymore. I yeah. mean, it's FIFA? Like, I mean, I, Basketball? Play on, I play online, but I don't play with people sitting on the couch anymore. It's just, I mean, I think if you're younger, maybe you're a teenager, you're in high school, after school, you come sure, back, yeah, you still have that. Sure, yeah, in the dorm but, room or whatever, yeah. But for people but for like me, us who no. may or may not be married, may or may not have a family, like, you don't have bros just hanging out on your couch with you. Dude, I got bros hanging out in my closet, <laughs> in my bathroom, they're just everywhere. I got a couple of bros on the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> balcony bros. So, well, here's so the thing than, about the visuals that puzzle me is, is, you know, I was hoping that with this generation that finally the tracks and the off-track objects would look great, but it seems to me that they just keep pouring more and more resources into the cars. And oh, the, yeah. And, the cars. and look, I get it. These games are quote-unquote car porn, so people do like to go and check out the cars, but look, when you're playing the game and you're driving at 100 miles an hour, do you really notice how many polys that car's got? Or do you notice that it's the same cardboard cutout dude every 10 feet that's standing there like waving his arm with two frames of animation? Like... I don't think it's that though. No, I mean, I mean I'm exaggerating, obviously, yeah. to make a point. But But it is rather wooden, especially and, and as the car fidelity gets higher and higher, the off track delta stands gets bigger. out all the more. It gets, it gets even bigger, right? Yeah, I, I just it hasn't bothered me. Um and maybe I'm just not looking at that because I'm staring at the, you know, line <laughs> that I'm trying to drive. And also I'm in cockpit view, so I love looking Turn uh, off the line. At the cockpit. I know everyone says no, that. No, he needs the line at no, so Here's my recommendation. Turn off turn off the constant line and leave breaking. The, leave the breaking line yeah, on. Yeah, that's probably a good compromise. But keep in mind keep in mind that that line is not necessarily the fastest path through the track. Right. Definitely not. Especially if you when you learn how to late apex turns, especially ones that are really good to set up after afterwards, you'll be much faster. <laughs> late apexing means like breaking high and late and then coming down and flattening it out so you can come out faster. And if you're going into a longer straight, then coming out faster gives you a much faster run into the straight so you get a higher top speed down the end of the straight. Yeah. And you talked about the game getting crashy. Uh, just think of it this way. All the drive avatars are going for that line. So everyone's mm-hmm. going to want to get into that same space. So maybe, maybe kind of turn it off and just try and go your own way. Yeah. Well, so yeah. 
how do you feel about the aggressive microtransaction system in the game? Yeah, I, we were talking about this. Uh, I did a guest spot on Gamers with Jobs, and um, we were talking about this as well. Uh, it's uh, it's troublesome for sure. Uh, I don't have the car lust to have it really affect me in any way. Like there's not going to be any car in the world that they'll show me and I'll go, I'll pay real money for that. But the, it's a, it's a scary precedent because if for me, if it was, Hey, this suit of armor in dragon age, you get, you know, in the course of the game, but this suit of armor in dragon age, it costs you five bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks. That's scary. Or even killing a monster gives you 10 experience points, but Give us an extra money, and killing a monster gives you twenty experience. Well, points. that is happening in Forza. Yeah, and, I know, and, they and that's what's you scary incessantly about it. Hey, and by the way, just a quick note for Dave. Dave, I think we're going to run Forza to the end of this spec segment rather than carry it over. So we'll run long, and we'll fix it in this someplace. Uh, you know, this is what's sort of gotten people up in the air is that is that as, there's as a tremendous amount of microtransaction in the game. So you, you, the one you just talked about is is one that really applies to game great game progression, mm-hmm. which is it. At the end of every single race, it seems, they prompt you, hey, would you like to spend some tokens, which are the virtual currency, to boost the amount of XP you just earned? Right. You just earned, you just earned X amount. Would you like to earn more? Right. See how. Right. That's... They're it, double dipping. That's the problem, right? Yeah. They're you, trying to use a free-to-play model, and the game's not free. Yeah. You can, <laughs> bat an, you can bat an eye if it's free-to-play, but it's, you already paid 60 bucks for the game. Yeah, that's, that's the sticking point, is if they want to make the game free and then charge for this stuff, that's fine let you grind your way up if you want. But when you pay $60, there's a certain level of expectation you have there, especially an even playing field as far as competition is concerned when you go online. And I think that's the real sticking point here. Somebody can pay to win, essentially. Well, what I'm, what I'm hoping for is that not many people are doing that because I certainly haven't been compelled to. Of course, that's coming from somebody who is a much more casual appreciator of these kinds of things. Well, one of the things that may not have jumped out at you from not having played these before is that you no longer get any cars for advancing in the game. Right, None. it's all about purchasing. You have to purchase every single car that you're going to play. That's garbage. Right? There's, there's no but reward You can rent, th- rent some and, and play them. You don't get any rewards for the ones you rent. But at least you can play with well, them. Well, and, and then let's go back to the rental because here's another thing is that even in arcade mode, not every car is unlocked. This is this is a, a pretty unprecedented move. This ga- the game has a roster of cars, and it's always been tradition, and not even I mean, it doesn't even tradition makes it sound like it's something that could be forgotten. It just makes sense. You have an arcade mode. In the arcade mode, you're not player progressing, you're not right. earning experience, you're not doing anything other than playing with the game the designers made for you. So why would they not just hand you the cars and say, "Here, you bought this game. Go have fun with it." I agree. So I, and I actually of, also would also, like to hear some of the answers because this is when I asked Dan because I thought that's a really big problem. And here was Dan Greenwald's answer that says, having a limited free play garage, including rentals, was introduced in Forza Horizon. Uh, okay, I don't know what it matters whether or not it was introduced yeah. in Forza Horizon or something else. Are trying to shift the blame to another development team? <laughs> it's like, our, our goal, it. Our goal was to get players to form connections with the cars that mattered most to them and to feel invested in the cars they own. Well, Again, I don't understand how that applies because we're talking about renting cars to play and have fun with. We're not talking about right. me playing my personal cars. I'm not earning any experience. I'm not playing in the career mode. I'm renting a car to play in arcade. You're not answering the question. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. And Dan's, Dan, by the way, is a cool guy. And, and they's put a, his entire life has been invested in turn 10. But that, that answer to me really is a political answer. I mean, I mean he, by political answer, I mean it's one of those answers a politician gives when they don't want to answer the question. Right. He can't be honest. I mean... I, mean, I don't know about that. I mean, I just don't... I, <laughs> he I, I can't just, be honest. 
No, no, because he he doesn't know if Microsoft's listening or not, or or someone. He knows they're listening. That's why he can't be honest. So I ask also uh, what the expectation was for someone who wanted to play their way to the top. And you know when so Ozzy's been doing a review. He found how many cars are over a million credits? About more than three dozen. About thirty eight. Last I counted. So yeah, a a tremendous number of cars are over a million credits, and and that's a lot. I didn't look at the token costs, and you know something else that's come up is Uh, actually I looked at the token cost for the six million dollar car. It was about nine thousand eight hundred tokens, which equates to how many human dollars? Ninety eight dollars. Ninety eight dollars for one car. One car. Yeah, to to put the whole thing, to put the scope and measure of this in perspective. Now, granted, no one would go out and buy everything, but there is even one. There's a potential for over two grand worth of microtransaction in this game we're talking real racing three territory yeah and uh, that's a you problem get, you kind of get the idea of like well the b- best cars in the game should be expensive you should it should be a real achievement to get them but it, it this is not well somebody turned it up good. because look i mean here's one of the big pr problems they face is that those folks who are their best loyalist best most loyal customers bought the limited edition the limited edition said that it came with 1250 tokens and on the back of the box, enough to get any car in the in the game, which well, isn't the case. It's not the case. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred and fifty tokens is about twelve bucks. Like that gets you nothing. <laughs> it, it, it will not get, get you a tire. Any car <laughs> in the game cool. right away. Not only that, so I, heard, so I, heard, I think there's... they're going to try and address that somehow. I don't know what the addressing is going to be. I mean, they basically owe these people a token to buy any car they want. I heard that there's also you pay five bucks to get four cars, but you only are paying five bucks to get the uh, the opportunity to then purchase in game the cars. That's right. Which is on well, anytime you do anytime you do DLC, yeah, you. So this is the same. It's the same system that test drive. Same system that test drive unlimited used, and people were upset about it then. If you're buying the cars, you're basically buying them to be in the game, and then you have to buy them with in-game currency, or you could buy with tokens. So you could buy them as DLC, (laughs) and then buy (laughs) them with, and then pay for them with real money. I mean, you could do it however you want to. Well, the problem, the problem is that these kinds of business models are being employed in free-to-play games to great i just heard a podcast the other day about a with a woman who's a very casual very casual player and she said she spent about 480 dollars on candy crush oh my god oh my god and didn't bat an eye my mom admitted to me that she started spending money on candy crush jesus i yeah so the 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 fact that these things are effective is is somehow it's not in dispute Right, it's not in dispute. But I think the number is eight percent of the people who play free to play games generally actually end up spending real money. You know what? But that eight percent is more than enough. It's it's wildly variable based off of game type. You know, so it depends on what sort of game you're talking. If you're talking, I think I was just saying the average. You're talking about a collectible card game. It's in excess of ten percent. But if you're talking about super casual stuff, it's more like four or five. Right. Well, in between there, you get the eight. I think exactly. Yeah, Garnet, you brought up real racing. Like, what's what's the conversion percentage for that? Like, how many people in? Well, EA won't tell us what the what the conversion percentage is. But I will tell you that that if you're free to look, it's just a different model. But we can talk about that on the other side. I want to get I want to get through Forza, and that works fine when the game is free. (laughs) Yeah, when it's free and you're operating like free to play. I don't know if it's fine when the game is free. But you know what the no look I turned. I turned on my iPad today and got a notification from Real Racing that said, hey, come play. We'll give you 50 gold. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I came and played and I got my 50 gold. And and I don't know. Someday or a, I, I might actually spend money in Real Racing. I mean, I consume that game differently. But that's the way free-to-play works. And that's not at all the way what's happening in Forza is. Let's talk about it, some of the other stuff Dan said. Let me give it in some oh, of the okay. stuff Dan said. Uh, so I asked him, what's the expectation for someone who wants to play their way to the top, you know, as opposed to buying right. it? I, I noted that even with Drivatars, you know, I, we see reports ranging between five and 30,000 in daily earnings. 
you had to buy the top cars, you know, uh, even just a single car at that rate would take you a, a, a long, long time. That's the other. That's another thing to consider is with the pricing on these cars. If you're earning at say even thirty k a day, just buying one, much less thirty cars, is going to take you a very long time. He says the expectation is that different cars are more expensive, and that makes them more rare. Because of the classification system, there is no top to the production classes. So currently, we have some players earning lots of credits and some players earning not as much. This is a skill and strategy-based economy with rarity provided by in-game price, not locking mechanisms. Players can receive a 65% payout for playing against the hardest skill level drive avatars, up to 50% bonus credit payouts for turning off the assists, and up to 35% payouts for sticking with a favorite manufacturer. That's 150% bonus based on skill and strategy. <laughs> when you couple that with Drivatar re- rewards, uh, user-generated content payouts, and Forza rewards, and, and Forza rewards is their franchise-based loyalty program that you can check out uh, on their website, there are plenty of ways to earn credits in Forza 5. However, the fact remains, racing skill and strategy are the engine of the economy. Of course, we continue to monitor the economy via customer feedback as well as in-game telemetry, and we have the ability to make adjustments should it be warranted. So his response is, try sucking less. Well, <laughs> but not, 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 not even that, though, because I'm, I'm earning about 6,000 credits a race. How am I supposed to reach, like, three or four million? Yeah. yeah. Well... And, See, it, and it's inconsistent. Sometime in 2016, you'll be. Ready They're to like, buy that oh, car. you'll build a relationship with a car because it's the only car you'll ever be able to afford in the game. <laughs> well, yeah. So the so the there argument. There are lots. There, well, let's just say this though. I, I as outraged as I am, and, and it just seems so wildly disproportionate and strange. Uh, there is a lot to be done, lot to play, and lot to do in the there game. Is. It's a nice game, in the, right? In the it's usual a good game. Form of the it's economy. a good game, but I think the way yes, they're proceeding with this up. is is not okay with. With where the game is. And and I would ask you how you feel about this as someone who's coming into it here. Are you okay with the game basically telling, you know what, Jeff, there are some really awesome cars in this game and you're not going to get them. Yeah, not cool. Because the idea behind the economy that that they've been beating around the bush here is that They've always struggled with this concept of there being exclusive car exclusive cars in the game, but they're not really exclusive because everybody can get them. So if if everybody can go out and get a Veyron. Yeah, exactly. That's, a, that's the ultimate example. If everyone can go out and get a Veyron, then seeing a Veyron is no longer exclusive. Right. It's like being a Jedi in galaxies. This is a game. It's not real world. I can't go get a Veyron in the real world, and I'm not going to go get a Veyron in the real world. But telling me that now in my simulation racer, because you want the Veyron to be ex- as exclusive right. in the real in the virtual world as it is in the real world, all that's doing is telling me to piss off. It's completely and, unrealistic. And I that that <laughs> it's uh, it's an unrealistic expectation. It's trying to be realistic, but that just turns it into a case of the haves and the have-nots. And I don't play games to be in a world Social of have- class. Yeah, <laughs> I don't play a game to be in a world of have and have-nots. And I, I think what's really unsettling about that whole thing is, as a ca- as kind of a casual appro- uh, person who approaches this, this franchise, I can take it or leave the whole thing. But this kind of thing looks like it's preying on the on the fans, on the on the people that are loyal yeah, to, to care the most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now suddenly, now suddenly they're being told to. Piss well, sure. Off. You it's... wanted the F one cars, and the F one cars are some of the most expensive. I'll I'll close it out on this. Uh, the, one of the other big questions asked was was this: with it being a big flagship title for the new console, already have a lot of cash to lay out for gamers, and not the largest garage of cars in Forza history. Why is there also day one DLC? Why couldn't those cars have been part of the core game if they're ready at launch? 
So he says uh, this. He says, first, some context. As you know, Forza Motorsport 2 shipped a year and a half after the launch of the Xbox 360, and it featured 270 cars, 200 base models, plus 35 race car liveries, as well as 35 aftermarket tuner body kits. Without cockpits and just 12 environments. That's less environments than the original Forza Motorsport, as all of the environments had to be rebuilt for the bespoke new generation engine. By comparison, (coughs) Gran Turismo 3A spec, which was the first GT game on PlayStation 2 and not a launch title, by the way, shipped with 150 cars and fewer tracks. Obviously, we did not cut anything from Forza Motorsport 5, as we had to build everything from the ground up, all 35 plus gigs of it. We started the game a year before Forza 4 shipped in order to give us time to build the game we wanted to build and to define racing for the new generation. We have a new UI system. We have new materials and lighting that stress the imperfect details of the world running at 60 frames per second in 1080p. There are new physics and AI innovations, features not possible on last generation hardware. And of course, now taking advantage of next gen hardware, the tracks require more resolution, detail and materials. This is simply the cost of moving to a new generation for any team wanting to push in addition, we have Forza Vista for every car now, and that's what is uh, that's what is what, mm. and that is what allowed us to do close-up pre and post race cinematics and high-resolution cockpits, as well as the reflective cockpit glass. We were able to use the added console power to make the cockpit view more immersive and more drivable than last generation. And we've already seen. Well, I have to scroll down here. Already seen from player data that the number of people that are playing the game from the cockpit view as their primary view has greatly increased from Forza Motorsport 4. That is the result of the same investment they gave us with Forza Vista. Now, here's the context that is probably most surprising. Forza Motorsport 5 is actually the largest game ever delivered at launch of a console by a long shot. In fact, it would have been huge even by second holiday standards. As mentioned above, it is bigger than Forza 2 and was delivered a year and a half after the launch of the Xbox 360. It also has more car diversity than any prior Forza Motorsport by including open-wheel race cars and track toys like the KTM Expo and the aerial So, so wait, when is he going to answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is there an answer in here somewhere? On top of the diversity that took us years to build up across multiple iterations of the Xbox 360. Moreover, we've defined an uncompromised quality bar for new generations of racing games, both car, both in, in both car and track detail and immersion, all while delivering unprecedented size. Regarding DLC... Uh, <laughs> You could have started here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted you to, I wanted you to get all the stuff we but, sifted. So, I got it after the first all, what, like what, two paragraphs. What, was the strategy to bore you first? All, all of you folks out there who say, go be a journalist, I'm going and being a journalist and getting you your comments you wanted so dearly. Yeah. Regarding DLC, we have found that 10 cars a month is the fastest we could create just-in-time content. Just like in Forza Motorsport 4, we are planning to add as many as 10 cars a month to Forza Motorsport 5. It takes more than six months to build every car. Delivering cars in monthly packs allows us to keep the game new and fresh for those that are interested. Note that none of that answers why the cars no, were. No, it still were has one. not answered the question. Yeah. So wait, I, that was it? That was the end of the response? Uh, yeah, I got other stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but he no, never what? answered now, the question. I don't really want to hear got, yeah. I, got, I, got some, uh, I got some bits on uh, what happened to community, like where clubs went because clubs are gone. You can no longer gift cars to one another, which is also a great disappointment. Yeah. You know? It's just hmm. uh, fun game, though, and yet it's still a great game. It is. It is a great <laughs> racing game. But, it's a but great what race. a huge black eye to that great racing game, though. Yeah, yeah, and no Nurburgring, which I asked him about. We got the answer I would expect it, which was the money, it, well, time, time. It's huge. It's huge, and by virtue of its sheer scope, would take a tremendous amount of time to get into the game, and that they focused on a couple other tracks that have been uh, fan callouts for a long time, those being Spa and Bathurst. And it's hard to argue, man. Bathurst is... Yeah. Spa and Bathurst are pretty 
awesome racetracks and and how often do you really do Nurburgring as a race? I well, mean, they have one to lap have something for a bullet a point. Minutes. They have to have something for the bullet point for the box on the sequel, right? So Nurburgring will be that. There you go. All right, we're late for uh, a break, but yeah. and we Super Forza, the fruit Super Forza talk. Sorry, you got me talking about the beginning. And, and by the way, I want you to play it, man. I'm so excited for Gran Turismo Six. <laughs> uh, it's coming in. It's like two weeks away, and and and, and by it and. Just to be on the complete up and up, we are well aware that Gran Turismo Six will also include microtransactions. Yeah. So, well, whether they're you can rail on that we'll in see. three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we'll see how they're incorporated in the game. And I'm trying not to rail on that. I mean, look, I'm gonna, I will at some point in time play Forza. I'm looking forward to it. I am a little wind out of the sails on how much the microtransaction system comes into the game. Because at the end of the day, I just want to race my cars. Yeah. Not getting reward cars is a bummer. And I think that they're, I think they're grossly underestimating the value of, wow, this is awesome. I just won this car because I can remember times and and you know GT used to really get this down where oh, yeah. not only not only did you win cars, but if you golded, you got a special car. Yeah. And I would sit there and sometimes those and and in two and three they were brutal. They would put those golds out there to where to to literally to where it's torture. You would run great races and be like five hundredths of a second from hitting gold. And you're like, how do these bastards know where to set it to where it's just outside my limit? But I know if I get just the right race, I'll get it. I'll tell you how they know. They take twenty years to make each game, and they test and they the living hell over out of it. And over. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's why it takes forever for Q- us to QA get QA feedback. Yeah, QA feedback. A lot that's of really it. true. All right, so uh, we'll take a break. We come back. We will go into something completely different, but probably Xbox One still. <laughs> So if you've been listening the past couple of weeks, you know that our new sponsor, Doghouse Systems, is the place if you are looking for a powerful PC to do some gaming. You know, you could do some great racing sims, including iRacing. If you really want to go down the rabbit hole, Jeff Canato, you could do iRacing, which is <laughs> way down the hole. You'll have to get a wheel and a cockpit, and, and you'll have to do all of that kind of stuff. Um, but if you are going to do that, you should definitely check out Doghouse Systems over this coming weekend because they are doing a special Black Friday sale. It is running from Thanksgiving to Monday, and this is in lieu of the codes that we've been running. So this is a an entirely next-level promotion for them. You will get a free memory upgrade on every system. Uh, to just run down some of that real quick, if you go for the Armor VS, you will get a half-price upgrade on any, ga- on any graphics card. On every system, you'll get a free 8-gig RAM upgrade. You'll also get a $30 loot gift certificate in additional to any of these uh, other upgrades down here. If you're going with the Armor TL, you'll get a free upgrade from a 120 gig uh, solid state drive to a 240 gig solid state drive. And they'll also throw in dual graphic card configuration. So they're pretty much going nuts and trying to get you to come by your Christmas gaming uh, computer or laptop. By the way, one of the reasons that we talked about that we liked Doghouse a lot is not only that they're personal, they have a lot of service, they have great customer service stuff. They've also done a series of videos on YouTube. So, you know, if it's like two o'clock in the morning and your system's not working, you can probably find something uh, from them that relates to what your troubles are. For instance, I happened to just be looking around their site the other day, was thinking uh, about looking at their laptops, went into like laptop support to see what sort of pink things people had been seeing there. So I had a question about how, you know, how his laptop was performing, why it was making noise. And one of the customer service there people pointed him to this video series that they've done on how to clean your laptop and they have like this whole like intricate deal about how to take it apart how to properly blow it out and clean it and get the dust bunnies out of it look i I realize that that's not rocket science but at the same time having the people who put together your computer show you exactly how they intended for you to clean it and take care of it is pretty awesome stuff so you know the deal it's doghousesystems.com 
excellent Black Friday sale. It is running from Friday through Sunday. So, you know, if you're out doing something else on Friday, you can still go and take advantage of this anytime over the weekend. I love my machine. Jeff loves his machine. And we definitely appreciate them uh, sponsoring Weekend Confirmed. All right. Big thanks to Doghouse Computer Systems. And uh, hey, shout out to everybody there. Hope they're enjoying a great Thanksgiving there. Hope the Cowboys win for us on Thanksgiving Day. Some actual good games this this year on Thanksgiving. Actual oh, meaning, meaningful on. games. Would, yeah. I don't think they're very good games. Well, Cowboys, Raiders, Steelers, Green, Green Ravens, Bay, Steelers, Detroit means something. Steelers, Ravens, one of the best well, well, rivalries yeah. in the NFL. Well, it means something now. You're but. right. Detroit, Green Bay is usually a great matchup, but with Rodgers gone, it's like so hard to get a read on that Green Bay defense. Yeah. Oh, the Green Bay team. The defense has been giving it up. I, I, anyway, we'll save it for the tailgate. We will save that for the tailgate. Well, so, what do you want to talk about now? Uh, Still one stuff. How about uh, just sort of just general you, one? You play stuff. Zoo Tycoon yet? I have not played Zoo Tycoon. Although, you know, Andrew, I have, I have, by the way, people who asked that actually is andrew's really favorite game he really does he's not he's not trolling you guys he really really no, a lot likes of it. people I'm are sure it's great are on that game i mean it's fun i'm sure it's fun but i mean isn't that really just kind of a reflection on the launch software i mean maybe well that's I, the one game everyone's really talking about well it's i think it's the one different very different to kind of experience uh, i'm surprised there's not uh, more buzz about dead rising i was just about to bring up that i have to take issue with ozzy i i am having a blast with dead rising oh, yeah. and i think a lot of that has to do with i'm playing it almost exclusively in co-op which is really a lot of fun i mean it's a big fun i can imagine that co-op it adds a lot to that whole thing yeah and i and i get a lot of the complaints that you said about um the the environments being a little bit less interesting and sort of the repetition of stuff and the ridiculousness of, of, of the story and all that. I'm actually having a blast. I mean, I, it's I, dead I, rising, right? Every it single hasn't changed. It's been corny slapstick horror right. from the beginning, you know, Either but every you like single that new don't. blueprint that I find is a, is oh, the a weapons, joy. Oh, the weapons are the best part of the game. Yeah. By far. yeah. And I'm having a great time driving the vehicles through, you know, plowing through thousands of zombies that, it really is astounding the amount of zombies they can yeah. put on the screen at yeah. one time. And, and, and when you hop into a steamroller and just plow down the street that's populated with hundreds of zombies, that is joyous and fun and silly and, and great. Yeah, it's big, dumb fun, right? Yeah. I mean, you know what you're getting with Dead Rising, and this version gives you exactly that. Really no more, no less. Yeah, but I, I think that, that that doesn't state how... Fun it. I mean, it's fun. It's a, it's a especially if you got your buddy hanging out with you, and and a lot of the sort of less interesting side quests where it's just fetch five of these, you can split up mm-hmm. and go do. One person can go on one whole other side of the map, and the other person can go on the whole other side of the map, and you can be you know doubling up and having having the time that it takes to to do that stuff. Uh, and we got into a fun situation where um, I was playing with with uh, Dan, and he went down. Um, and you know, you can revive your, your friend, but it's got the, you know, tick, tick, tick of, of they're bleeding out or whatever. And I'm all the way on the other side of the map and he's like, you gotta get to me, get to me. So I'm like hauling ass across the map, you know, running, ramming into zombies. He's like, come on, come on, give me that. Where are you? I'm running. And I get to him and I, you know, push X to revive. And it's like, you have to have food <laughs> oh. to feed him. I'm like, oh, where's some food? I gotta find food. And I'm like yeah. running. He's like, I can see right over there. It's but, a, it's a restaurant. Run into the restaurant. I run into the restaurant. I found some barbecue ribs. I'm like, I'm coming for you, man. Hang on. Wait a minute. How much time do you have to revive him? Well, yeah, you have a, a, a fair amount of time. It's, okay. it's, Could you imagine eating? Barbecued ribs in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's the last thing I'd want to eat. Very unappetizing, but uh, but effective for health. Yeah, definitely for health. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it has been a really really fun experience, and uh, I haven't had any 
I mean, we, I had a few drops of of co-op partners and some some weird stuff like that. But for the most part, it's been stable. It's been fun. The the wide openness of the environment is really cool. The fact that there's after a what is a very lengthy initial load there are no loading times and mm-hmm. i remember in dead rising that being so it's like i don't even want to go over well, there because i'm gonna have, have to wait load. 10 minutes for yeah. the load. <laughs> uh, I, I think when i had to repeat a few objectives like there was a pretty lengthy loading time but other than that like it's it's pretty smooth yeah the whole way through but yeah i, I imagine that co-op adds so much more to the experience and the, but i i think we are going to disagree on the driving just because it's fun to run over zombies but that got kind of old for, for me after a while oh man and they start hanging on to the you know front hood or the the uh, door and stuff, let's and you do, start sweet swerving. And, 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 let's do a little test here. Ozzy, mm-hmm. favorite zombie movie? Favorite zombie movie? Quick. Uh, Quick Sha- up. Shaun of the Dead. Jeff Kanata, favorite zombie uh, movie? Shaun of the Dead is pretty good. Uh, I would say 28 Days Later, probably. Hmm. I think that could also play into some of the differences here. Hmm. But Shaun of the oh, Dead is also great. It really is. <laughs> 28 Days sort of relates to your, like, you know, body, limbs, parts everywhere, you know, the oh. much more much more gritty sort of, you know. Yeah. Oh zombie like experience Shaun of the dead not not that <laughs> yeah. although, although jeff now that you bring up the zombie hanging off of the door i, I just want to make a quick like blanket statement to developers anywhere can we not do the quick time event where you have to shake the controller i mean uh, god well, that, i hate that so much that brings up a big point about the xbox for me as a whole the xbox one as a whole is i really dislike the controller I re I think it Dislike. is a huge step backward from oh the 360, really? and it pales in comparison to what I think is the best controller did, did ever you, made. The PS4's controller. Did you watch the video on how to hold your finger? Across yeah, the- screw that. Come on, don't I the, the knuckle push of the first the, those bumpers are broken. They're broken. They broke the bumpers. Knuckle push worked for me, but that's not why do why am I being forced into using my knuckles instead of my finger? Ergonomics. I mean, obviously, if you look at the I don't way, I care the, for it. Okay. That's fine. And that's a perfectly valid complaint. But if you look at the way it's made, you are being forced into it because that's the way they ergonomically designed it to work. They designed it to work where you rest your fingers across there and you squeeze in with your top knuckle and push the button that way. Yeah. But nah. that, if you don't like it, it, it that's going to be a bummer. I, it's, a, it's a huge bummer. Bumper bummer. A bumper bummer. And <laughs> I, am I the only one that thinks the controller as a whole feels really cheap? The whole thing feels cheap. I wouldn't go so far as to say cheap, cheap, but I like, would say for, I don't care for it. For I example, think it looks cheap. I think it looks cheap and feels cheap. I think it looks like a third-party controller. It doesn't look like something that's officially first-party licensed, but I love the controller as far as using it. I don't have any problem with that. Shane, you say well, that like based off the materials? or Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of this weird... like, And I can get where you say it's cheap, because it kind of is this flimsy like matte black plastic. And then like the screen on the front for like the day one edition, it looks like ice cream printed it on there. Like It just doesn't look like a f- polished, finished piece of hardware but using it i actually love it like i i like the controller i, I like the the new dual shock as well but i do like i think the, new dual shock is is the head of the class i think it's the best controller ever made but yeah as long as the battery lasts which is yeah not very see, that's long. been a huge problem for me and because they give you that little like three foot long charging cable i can't play the system and sit on my couch and have the controller charging so i mean i know we've been through this the, lots of people in this debate but yeah but having a not replaceable battery in the in the dual shock is an annoyance especially when the battery life is as short as it is because i'm getting you know i can play it like for a night but then it's down to one bar if they had just given me a long charging cable i'd be fine with it if i could sit on the couch and charge the controller while i'm playing the system i'd have no problem with i just it, have but... a bunch of usb extenders but then also you look at the wii u i've been playing you know mario over the last week or so and it's even worse you know the game pad you play with it an for like hour three and or a half. four hours and it's like dead already and yeah. you gotta like Truth. try to figure 
you know. So the thing that kicked this whole thing off is what Ozzy said about shaking the controller in Dead Rising. And when I shake the controller in Dead Rising, I hear the batteries rattle. Yeah, same it's here. It's cheap and lame, and it and it's it's frustrating to me. And I I I think that if the if 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 I was able to use the 360 controller on the on the Xbox One, I would prefer it, even with the crappy D pad. I like the D pad better on the Xbox One controller, but it's. It's a step back and forth. I do not like the D-pad on the Xbox One controller. Yeah, it's especially. odd. It's yeah. this weird, like, clicky-clicky thing. Really? It's better yeah. than the 360s and, and Shane, you've been playing Killer Instinct. Like, how how is the D-pad yeah, for you on it's, that? it's tough for fighting games, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll get used to it. It's just like the bumpers. It's like, when you're used to using something for so long, any change is going to seem really extreme and drastic. And eventually you get over it, and then two years later you look back, you're like, oh, I can't believe it. It's like the name for the Wii. You know, when we first heard that, we're like, that's so stupid. And then two years later we just said it and didn't no, even think about though. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. When you think about it, literally, well, but when you stupid. put a U at the end, right? It's much. Cooler. It's that much dumber. <laughs> um, but but really, that's my biggest complaint with the with the one is that is the controller. I, I just I I don't care for it. But interesting. If but, but if there's a positive, it's that the battery life is pr- better than any other controller out there. I'm I'm almost two weeks with it, and I'm still on the same set of Duracell batteries that they packed in. It's remarkable. I mean, yeah, eventually you're using you'll get Duracell a, batteries, man. That's I mean, eventually so you'll get a charge and play kit, though, right? I mean, you're not going to oh, go through for batteries. How much money more? It's worth it, though. I mean, just to be able to just <laughs> I can need to, I need to use all you fools to end loops. How do you not have these things? Well. They're yeah, not expensive. Much, no, they're not expensive. No, you can like a starter kit off Amazon for like thirty bucks, and it's thirty such bucks. A, that's not. That's not to have to have like eight AA and four AAA batteries that yeah. you charge and hold the charge for forever. Well, at least they're versatile them, because yeah. if you get the plug and play charge kit, you have that battery brick that's only ever going to work in the Xbox One controller. At least with at least with these, you just have double A's that you can put and in I, any. You electronics. know, I eventually had I eventually had battery packs the rechargeable battery pack for the 360 controllers that started not holding charge well. Oh, no, I have a, a pile of 10 of them that went dead over the last <laughs> generation. That's how much I played my 360 this last eight and years. I, I went through, That's my argument like for having replaceable batteries. batteries. It's crazy. Replaceable batteries is, be- is, is far better, in, in my mind. Yeah. All right, well, anyway. The experience, of, the experience of, of, of owning the one, though, has been really a positive one for me, and, and much more than I ever thought it would be. Uh, I'm, I do love the PS4 as a gaming console, but the voice commands, the TV integration stuff, yeah, it's the first week of having it. Maybe it'll get a little stale, but See, it's it doesn't cool. Really, it is cool when it works, but I've had problems with everything, like not working the way it's supposed to. Like I'll walk, when I come back from recording, I'll walk in, I'll say Xbox on. It'll turn everything on. It'll turn on my TV, awesome. on my cable box. But when I go to leave and I say Xbox off, all it turns off is the Xbox. Strange, right? You still have to manually turn off the television, manually turn off your cable box. The other problem that I've had, and I realize this is maybe a niche case, but it doesn't pass through 3D video. So on DirecTV, they have like 3D pay-per-view movies. Mm. I can watch Man of Steel in 3D instead of watching the traditional 2D. I have a nice 3D television. I like 3D content. I realize I may be in the minority and people are like, you're crazy or whatever. I like it. The one cannot pass 3D through mm. to your television. So, like, you Hopefully know, all the stuff. I'm, I, I'm assuming that I they will. They it's a little bit annoying. Some people are saying that 5.1 isn't going through for yeah, them. I've the actually case. had no problem with well, that. Well, are you using the beta surround thing? I'm not, no. no. Well, the surround is only supported through beta right now on, on the, the, the one. But it doesn't have the Dolby 5.1 in it yet. Right. But when it works, it's freaking awesome. Like, I loved, for instance, on Sunday having football snapped to the right yeah. while I'm playing Best thing games. ever. 
Dude, That's it awesome. is so sweet. Like I, I never realized how much I was going to use it until I have it now. I just want to manually be able to moderate the uh, audio levels in each individual. Agree. Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. I'm sure that's going to be patched too. That just I, they have to include that. But th- you know, the experience. You can see Microsoft's vision for this thing, though, because yeah. this. And, and I mean, in all honesty, do I think paying the extra hundred bucks for a Connect was worth it for me? No. Like I've been trying to play Connect Sports Rivals, and it doesn't work. I try to do a backflip, and it pauses the game. Like it still, to me, has the same exact issues as the first Connect. So, being forced to pay an extra hundred bucks for that, I don't think it was worth it for me. I, looking at how it functions right now, they need to improve it a lot before I'm going to want to use it. But you can see how. This system was built for people who don't play games as much as we do. It's built for people who really want to use it as an entertainment hub, who want to walk in and be like, turn all my shit on, and it all comes on. And they don't have to worry about digging through to well, find their games see, because it, it they don't play be, games. It would be if you could actually walk in and say, turn all my shit on. Right. But until it does natural language like that, I think that that's really... Yeah, that's it, needs to have, of, it needs to have programmable commands. You really, you, like, yeah, because like I, the beauty of it would be if you could walk in and uh, at the end of the day, just, turn all my shit on, Xbox. Right. <laughs> well, if you start with that, you have to start with Xbox. Xbox, turn all my shit on. <laughs> or not even say Xbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say, turn all but my that's, shit that on. But that kind of goes to the root of it, though. It's annoying that you have these very specific things. It's like you have to learn another language to make the Xbox work. And going back to what you were saying about the controllers with the bumpers... That's not right. Like, I shouldn't have to watch a video to learn how to use the Xbox One controller. <laughs> right. Like, that's the but, bottom line. Regardless of whether... But, 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 it's awesome. I mean, I think that the thing that we have to remember here is that it's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, like it. the nitty-gritty complaints are super valid, and I completely agree. Like, I want to... I, I, the fact that I had to pull up uh, Andrew's list of Xbox commands on Shack News to know exactly all the that's a little ridiculous that you have to learn the syntax of your system yeah the fact that that article was even necessary right it's that. a little and yet it, still enjoy I it. walk in with my Chipotle <laughs> and as I'm walking to my couch I say Xbox on Xbox watch TV and it all comes on and I'm on. sitting yeah. eating with my grubby hands and I don't have to and I can go Xbox fast forward to my TiVo Xbox faster Xbox pause, Xbox play, all that stuff. Xbox skip forward to do 30 second skip. The fact that I can do all that is fucking awesome. Now, is it reading? Is it picking up all your commands? Because it's not for me. Like a lot of times I'll have to say something three times or I have to be really loud, which is one thing that's kind of. Well, I don't think I've never had to be loud. I'm shocked at how subtle I can be with it. There are times when it doesn't get me, and I and I have to enunciate. Yeah, Uh, and I think that the 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 real important part is to say Xbox clearly because that definitely seems to be the case from watching my friends the whole prompt if you don't get the xbox clearly or if you say or if you try to go too fast like xbox snap if you don't stop and say xbox yeah snap tv it doesn't it needs to have that yeah well i've got to the point where i just wait for the menu to come up on the screen before i actually give it the command like yeah uh, some people say you can give it the whole sentence it'll automatically do it my experience has not been good with that it's like i say xbox i wait for the little menu to pop on screen and then i give it the next command I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm pretty. I can be pretty subtle with it, and and that is when it feels like I'm in the future. Is when I yeah. just go Xbox turn Xbox on. Xbox they, Live, it, t- there are hints TV. of that, no doubt about it. It's an auspicious Xbox, debut. Xbox Watch ESPN and then change it goes ESPN there. Yeah. That's but it is awesome. <laughs> like I tried to go to like HGTV and forget it, man. It went oh. to like the local Fox affiliate or whatever. It seems like ESPN works great. HBO works great, and you start going to any other channels other than that, like I think CNN works pretty well. 
But yeah. the rest of them, good luck. I, I try to say uh, Xbox uh, watch BBC America, and it took me to PBS for right. some reason. And see, the thing is, is that you know we 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 only watch ESPN, so we're like, oh, go to ESPN. It works good for me, but like my wife watches like eighty different channels, and like she was trying to get it to work, and she was just like, forget it. Mm. Well, I think that the 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 best case scenario is use it as a sort of hybrid. Is that stuff? Some stuff you still use your remote for. Yeah. Other things like the phone rings, and I usually would scramble for my remote to pause or to to mute. I can do that with my voice and go and get the phone. Have you guys, in talking to Microsoft, ever asked them about whether or not it's learning? And and by that I mean that you know, I don't know if you've used Google's products very often, but Google's voice system. One of the things that makes it so strong is that since the day they turned it on they've been going to school on everybody's voice and learning. <laughs> and so, you know, when you correct yeah. a word, then it goes back and phones back to Google and says, hey, this this voice pattern that here you thought was this was actually this. Yeah. And it keeps learning and learning and learning. And, and I think that that's one of the reasons that I find that Google's voice right now, um, I mean, I use it on my iPhone all the time. Good, yeah. And it's really, really, really accurate. But I think it's really, really accurate because now it's got three plus years worth of, of, of learning. Speak. Well, even Siri surprises me every once in a while. Like I'll, just spit something into it and I'm like no chance and then boom it like nails, nails it. it well that's that's yeah. the that's the place that, we need to get to I would think to. that they must be doing that well the place we need to get to know. is where we're not you're not like looking to see if it got you right you know that's where you, we need to be that's how I kind of thought coming. it was I thought I could kick my feet up and be like Xbox put on that blah 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 and like it just it doesn't work that <laughs> way like, why but, are you talking with that accent <laughs> but it has worked well enough so far to kind of see that it's an auspicious debut and to see what's there my question is like mentally where do you give up because to me it's like most things work with a single button press so anything that requires more effort than that button press i'm going to start questioning it over time whether i should be doing it instead of the button press so i'm trying to find where is that sweet spot for me is it three weeks is it a month where i give up on that stuff and just go to using buttons again right so I mean, honestly, I mean, but, the, but you can. How use long buttons. will it be before they patch it and it gets to a place mm-hmm. where I'm happy? And and how long? How patient am I going to be before I'm like, screw this, I'm not dealing with it anymore? And I think that's important for this machine because, like I said, I feel like it has been built to impress the more casual player out of the box versus people like us. <laughs> <laughs> why are you all looking at me? Well, I, I I'm the one. I'm the one guy at the table who don't have one of the damn things. And why is that, Garnet? I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, primarily budget. You know, I've yeah. got nieces and nephews that I want to buy Christmas presents for. I need to go see my Is that mom. really it, though, Garnet? <laughs> you can afford an Xbox One. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how you define afford, right? I mean, do... I mean, do you just not want one right now? Is that really I, what it is? I don't want one enough that it makes sense for me to go outside of my monthly budget that far to buy one to have it center of the TV. When when I've, I've just got a PS4... I've got a bunch of games I'm playing already. Yeah. I don't know how I have time to play all of them anyway. I got to say, I'm I'm actually bummed that these consoles came out so close to one another. It's a, it, Because it's there's so, not much, out well there's so much fun to be had in each of them yeah. that I remember last generation, it just felt better to have a year Each one between. had its window. Yeah. Each I one mean, had its window. The Wii and the PS3 came out at the same time, but it was that was so such different kinds of experiences that... These these feel like very similar kinds of experiences, but well, it took a while. But for they the PS3 are to they are different legs. though, and that's what oh, I like. Very that's what I like about them is like you know I've got these two machines within seven days of each other, but still each one kind of has its own personality in the way that it looks to interact with the user, and so sure. I you know I've 
spent most of my time over the last couple of weeks not playing games because there aren't a lot of great games for these systems, but just really fiddling around with the OS and like trying to go down that rabbit hole and see. And that's kind of where my displeasure with the voice commands have come in is I've really tried to work with it and see what its limitations were. And it's kind of fallen short for me in that in that regard. But going back to Garnet, like, honestly, you know, I don't blame you for I wouldn't blame you for not buying either one of these things. Oh, I wouldn't suggest anyone buy either one of them. I wouldn't either. <laughs> right now. I mean, honestly, and you look at the release calendar, like three, four months from now, people are going to be saying the same stuff about the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One that people were saying about the Wii U six months ago. They're going to be like, where are the games? Oh, where are we, the great games? We already know that. I mean, there's I mean, just people an are pining for vacuum, a vacuum of games. People coming. are pining for Infamous right now. Have people forgotten that Infamous <laughs> was like a good game, but not like it never sold systems. It never moved machines for Sony. It's like it's one of those filler games that people liked and was good, but it's not one of those games that everyone talks about and Twitter goes crazy. Well, I think the reason over. they've talked about it is the is the the video presentations they made for that game so far have looked pretty. So did the old Infamous games, though, and, and it, wicked. Ultimately, I like Infamous games. I do too. I love Infamous, but you know I what? I liked Infamous one. I try to tell my friends, you know, back in Philly, who buy a few games a year about it, and they're like, "Whatever, dude." Like they'll maybe rent it or get it from GameFly. Like, yeah, I played it for a couple hours. Didn't really see what the big deal was. When's Grand Theft Auto coming out? Like, you know, it's not one of yeah. those game. Surprisingly, we found out this week that Ghosts is the top selling game on both the PS4 and the Xbox. Of course, one. it is. Zero no surprise. surprise. That doesn't. I, I don't. I don't understand what that has to do with anything. I mean, okay, that's the, fine. But the point, if the I'm point not, that people just cons- they they they're they're consuming the Snicker bars. Sure, it's, it's the same thing that you know. It's like they're leaving the score bars and yeah. they're eating the Snickers. <laughs> but that's fine. I mean, that's that's how yeah. it is. And I mean, Transformers f- Five or whatever the fuck we're at now is yeah. is the highest. Whatever. Who cares? That doesn't mean I don't want to talk about great movies like you know yeah. Twelve Years a Slave. Well, we're saying don't talk about them. Yeah. No, I was just saying. I mean, what started this was I was talking be- about how you know the Wii U got all this heat for not having these software gaps, but you're going to see the same thing with these two machines in six months' time. Which goes back to me saying I don't blame Garnet for not wanting to own either one of them in all honesty because I have them sitting at home right now and what am I playing? I'm playing Super Mario 3D World. So well, I would, I, my I, counter to that would be that I love having one of the systems and, it would have, and I would have loved having either one of the systems because... You feel I, left out if you don't have it, right? But besides Everyone's that... talking about it and you're not experiencing it. And I love tech and I love the I love the gloss of the first blush of next generation games. So, you know, I love... I've been lo- loving playing Killzone I've been loving playing. Uh, Looking at Res- or playing <laughs> Killzone. Killzone's pretty fun, actually. I would say that you know I'm 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 partway into Killzone, and and I would say that it's another one of those games that is definitely more fun than I had been led to believe. Yeah, I think uh, you give it another few levels. And if, well, that's. But I think that anybody that that buys either one of these systems or both of these systems is there's plenty of stuff to be really entertaining. Oh yeah, with, with you both could definitely, of them. You could definitely be, that's my problem is I could be really entertained with just one of them. Yeah. And buying two of them would have been probably foolhardy at this point. And so, you know, I will definitely get it. And obviously I, I want the one that I want to play Forza. Dead Rising doesn't speak to me. Rise doesn't speak to me at all. And I'm kill- curious about Rise. I, I really would like to play it. I just have so much on my plate right now. And I'm having a blast with with Dead Rising. I'm having I'm having so much. I'm having fun with Knack. I'm having. I mean, I'm having fun with Mario. I'm having this this uh, you know abundance of riches right now where there's so much. I'm the wealthiest video game man in the world. (laughs) There's there's really tons of great experiences to be had across multiple systems, and that's why I feel like I wish this this was a little spread out more. You know, 
But we still have a second half of the show to do. So why don't we uh, regather ourselves? We'll figure out what we're talking about in the second half. Take a little break. Come back and do that. Holiday time. You've got the family gathered around. So grab your iOS device, you know, your iPad, iPhone, iPod Touch, or your Android, tablet, phone, whatever you've got, and download free-to-play game Frazzle. Yep, it's the second Gamefly game. You guys know I've been working on it here for the past several months with 47 games and Idle Minds. We've been out now a couple of weeks. Tons and tons of you guys playing out there, really enjoying the game. If you haven't jumped in already, give Frazzle a try. It's the game where we're going to give you every day a topic and a series of letters, and you're going to come up with the funniest phrases. It's basically, yeah, we know how you guys are. It's basically cards versus humanity, but done as a you come up with the phrases. And some of you come up with some pretty uh, interesting phrases, and we'll just leave it at that. Can you take the challenge? I don't know. You could possibly be the phrase of the day if you download Frazzle. It's P H R A Z Z L E. We're also on Facebook and Frazzle the Game on Twitter for your Android and iPhone and iPad and iPod Touch. All right. Thanks, everybody, for your support. Have you been playing Frazzle? And if you haven't, hope you will give it a try. So uh, we've been talking about what else we've been playing, what else people have been interested in. I think a lot of you guys who uh, keep up with Jeff's Geeks and Sneaks initiative yeah. will be uh, interested to hear about Xbox Fitness. Yeah, I tried it out yesterday morning um, for the first time. And, uh, I, you know, it's pretty impressive the variety of workouts that they have packed in, especially if you're a gold subscriber. There's a lot of stuff that's free for gold members. Uh, I tried out the... Uh, insanity workout wait is it really the insanity workout mm-hmm. like they have p90x they have insanity they have uh, that's funny because i was going to mention i was like why haven't they made an insanity video game it's so simple with connect i I actually did insanity last year mm. from like i think it was october through right up to the holidays i finished like right before the holidays and it was brutal but the whole time I'm like why am i watching this stupid ass dvd why am i not doing this on my gaming console and now apparently they've fixed that yeah it's pretty impressive like i said the the number of real world sort of big name fitness programs that are included uh jillian michaels uh isn't that her name i think the chick yeah. she's yeah. pretty famous uh so it's a lot of the ones that oh i've seen the infomercial of that or you know i've known that it's not you know xbox presents gary doing his wait wait yeah. are you saying that the infomercial personalities make it a more credible thing well yeah. those people absolutely are actually the ones who are in that. the workout i mean sean t for insanity he's the guy who is the lead who leads you through the workouts for insanity so it's not like he's just some these are dude. these are the top tier sort of big money making workouts that everybody wants to try don't you think huge man i know insanity is is i guess big i guess Yes. Yes, they are that. I've always been a little bit on the shelf about them because, I mean, I'm perfectly happy with my, you know, workout routine that I've put together from, you know, studying up on it. And I always kind of question them. I mean, plyometrics, I think, are really big. All the stuff is in in P90X, obviously, you know, does a lot of stuff for you. But there's also like, there's definitely some, there's some truth to the insanity part of the insanity workout. Oh, I did it. It is insane. (laughs) Regardless of your your sort of personal critique of that. I mean, I guess what I want to say, some people, (laughs) some of the things that we probably needed to talk about because you and i both talk about fitness stuff a lot is that if we get people encouraged to get into fitness one of the things you should really do is talk to someone who's a professional well and, yeah and get, <laughs> i mean and, why yeah. would you want I mean, to do I, that i'm pretty sure the the warning on xbox fitness that comes up tells you to do that as well and, but yeah. and, and you shouldn't just you know you shouldn't take that as 
the, as just the warning you see any place else on a computer game and throw it away and not pay attention to it because you sure. could you could hurt yourself. And, I mean, look, sure. insanity before been, every workout, they're like, look, if you're out of shape, you're going to die. Like, they make no bones well, about it. They're like, don't the, even touch this if you're even moderately out of shape. Well, the... It does. It does actually say there are certain workouts that are you know designed for. This is not one of them. Right. Um, but all, the other thing that the Connect does is it. It told me my heart rate at certain intervals, which is how. What's well, using read, the Connect sensor? The, the, the Connect sensor. sensor. Remember, it showed they showed. Remember, they showed us that. Oh yeah, that's right. Read your heart rate, dude. So it's inside your body, I imagine. <laughs> I don't. Ha- I don't know this to be the case because it can also recognize it didn't giant dongs. But I, <laughs> I imagine that if it you were in a danger zone, heart rate wise, it would alert you to that i i hope that that i mean would. truth be told if you really want to get in shape your heart is supposed to go to that danger zone and stay there for 20 minutes a day i mean that's what insanity really is is it just gets right. your heart rate up to this crazy rate and forces you to keep it there it only gives you like a 30 second break in between each like right. go or whatever uh, but regardless of the individual workouts the idea that i i downloaded a free app i yes. opened that free app i saw a bunch of notable workouts whose names resonated. I selected one because I was a gold member. It was free to me to try. I think that's all pretty cool. Yeah, that's that is great. cool. I agree. Uh, the, the act and, and it's, and there's gamification to use that buzzword uh, involved. Uh, you are not only doing the insanity workout or P90X or whatever you choose, you are also getting a score. So the, the normal DVD that you would buy is windowed in the Xbox fitness app. And to the right hand side, you're seeing yourself, via the xbox sensor uh and it's showing you uh the the points that it's reading as far as where your 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 uh arms and legs and stuff are moving around and everything yeah uh and it's giving you tips on things that you need to improve and it's scoring you and you're getting there's like a little circular meter that that goes from red to yellow to green uh depending on how well you're doing at that particular exercise it shows the countdown timer how long you have to keep doing that exercise, and you're getting points. Your points accrue based on which you know circle you have achieved. So that plays into my natural competitive nature pretty well. I I'm all of a sudden I'm playing a video game. I want to score high on this video game. Well, have you noticed that even with like the ESPN app or the NFL app that you get achievements for those? Yeah. If you use them, like just snapping like NFL to the side, you get an achievement for that. They've gamified almost everything on Xbox One, which is Watch three episodes of a series on Netflix. That's a gamer for score. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. That's the type of stuff that's in there. Anyway, so um so I I have to say that that was a double-edged sword for me because I was as concerned with whether or not I was scoring and in the green as I was to sort of just watching the video and doing it. And the reason that became a problem is because again, this is the first time I've done this. Okay. So I, I think that the, the app does a poor job of getting you ready on your first time of what is required of you as far as camera positioning, amount of room you need to have in the room, all that stuff. I think there should be some sort of preparatory, moment of like okay you're about to do the insanity workout you're gonna have to need you're gonna need at least this much space make sure the camera sees you because the entire first i would say five to ten minutes of the workout i was like why am i i'm doing exactly what they say why am i only getting into the yellow Mm -hmm. this is really weird and i'm like busting my ass and i realized oh that line that it shows me on my little avatar is showing is it what it's trying to tell me and they're not really making that clear is that it's not reading me cl- correctly. Uh, 
So I wasn't scoring because they weren't re- they I needed mm. to be farther back. I needed to adjust my my camera and I had pushed my couch all the way to the back wall of my apartment. Tried to give myself as much room as I could and I was still bumping into stuff doing all the workouts because, mm. you know, you're You need a lot around. of room, man. You need yeah. a lot of room. And I did, I did not enjoy sweating all over my <laughs> living room. <laughs> but um Oh, that's working out at home. Either yeah. you you dig it or you don't, right? But once once I sort of figured out how that I needed, I couldn't just leave the camera where it was for all my you know Skype calls and playing Dead Rising and such. I couldn't just leave the camera there. I had to actually position it so that I it was optimal to see me for a wide range of physical movements. Right. Then I I was able to sort of have fun and and have more. But even in that situation, it, he would be like, turn to the side and keep doing this and turn to the, and when I would turn to the side, connect would be like, oh, you're scoring poorly. And I'm like, well, I just, or they think you've quit and you've walked away. Exactly. And it'll shut everything down. <laughs> so when it, when it was, when it was reading me, it, it was doing a really great job. It was giving me, uh, the pointers and, it, and I felt like I felt compelled to, to keep my ass in gear because there, I wanted the points. Right. And, uh, you know, and then it shows you like, you know, how you, how you compare to the average of your age group and, yeah. and that stuff, which is really cool. And I um, could imagine if I had friends that were also doing it, you could compare your scores to each other and yeah. really motivate you. Um, so it's kind of cool. I, it's also a great value because I mean, insanity alone, if you buy it at retail is like $170, but I'm, Those I don't workouts are crazy. I you don't, don't get know to keep them if, if there's like a trial. A well, trial. I don't know if you have all of the insanity workouts cause I did the first one and I, I, I uh, tweeted out like, Oh, I didn't find this as hard as the M100 that I'm doing. And people are like, well, you haven't gotten to month two. And I'm like, Oh, is that even in this? Cause uh, I didn't see any option to get to later workouts in the insanity thing. Well, even the first insanity, the first month is still tough. You yeah, sure no, you didn't it, just do the 20 minute warm up? No, I did the 45 the 40, minute. The whole thing? Yeah. Impressive. Uh, I, I'm not trying to brag or anything. I just, I just, um, um, I, I, buff, I, yo. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> you must be in good I've been shape. doing that M100 thing, which is the hardest workout I've ever done. It, 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 it makes me want to die. I mean, insanity made me vomit the first week I did it a yeah. couple times. <laughs> uh, but I, I can imagine it gets harder. I mean, it's, it wasn't easy. I was definitely well, in month tired. two. It goes to to uh, sixty minutes instead of uh, forty five. So. Yeah, and and a lot of that was a lot of what I was doing was playing the game. I, I was I was like, okay, where's the, is the sensor seeing me do this? I was right. looking up. Does the sensor see me do this? Does the sensor see me do this? Am I scoring points for this? That so can was, actually be detrimental because right. form is very important. You can exactly. actually hurt yourself trying to match with connect instead of doing what the person in the video is telling you to do. I mean, form is very important. Right, and and a lot of the exercises you have to do are you know you're doing like burpees and stuff where you're on the ground and kicking your legs out and it's like yeah. well is the camera seeing me right is the camera seeing me down here yeah. i don't know you know yeah so you it, shouldn't have to think when you're trying to bust exactly. your ass and get a workout yeah. <laughs> you should be able to just go so i i'm not so sure i will do it again it was an interesting thing i didn't enjoy you know sweating in my living room and I, yeah there's definitely cool to it and the fact that it's free now is pretty cool to yeah, give it a, a shot. Huge value, yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna see if my fiance is, wants to try one of the you know other ones, not the M100. The the M1. You know what the M100 is? I'm I'm looking it up right now. It is awful. It's <laughs> awful. I dread it. I but you're doing it. I have been doing it for the last three weeks. So yes. if it's, if you dread it and it's awful, why are you doing it? Because you get results. Well, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, insanity worked for me, man. I was in the best shape of my life when I finished it, without a doubt. 
I mean, and I played football all through high school and all that. Like nothing got me in the shape that insanity did, but it was brutal and you yeah. dread it. I would dread it all day. Yeah. I'd be at work and I'd be like, I don't want to do insanity tonight. And you get home, but you have this like guilt thing where it's like, wait, wait, so the M100 play. is shit tons of burpees, mountain climbers, and squat jumps? That's all it is. That's oh. pretty much insanity do, as well. You do 10 of each 10 times without stopping. Oh my God. You do 10 burpees, Are you kidding me? 10 mountain climbers, and 10 squats, but you have to bounce in the squat, which is fucking horrible. Yeah. Uh, and you do 10 of those 10 times without stopping. That sounds like insanity. And then you get like 30 seconds off and then you do another set. Yeah. yeah. No, it's no, you don't get this is, you know, this is an entire workout you can do in 20 minutes. Oh. And it, it's designed to keep no, I could not burning calories the entire day. Gotcha. And, Maybe I should try that because insanity awful. was 45 minutes. And I mean, I would still be sweating two hours after I finished insanity. Yeah. My so that's, metabolism. That's how I am too. What's, yeah. what's, still, what's your, so what's your version of the M100? Burpees and what else? Not, I mean, this is sort of the, the thing. Uh, it's uh, burpees, mountain climbers, and these, you do squats, but you have to bounce into yeah, them. Yeah, it's brutal. So you go down and bounce and then jump up. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, if Connect doesn't read you, then fuck it. Yeah. Not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know. I, I mean, I do 35 burpees at the end of my weight days, and that alone is like, I feel like I'm going to die. Dude, at the end of an insanity workout, I just wanted to survive. Like, I yeah. wouldn't even care about what was going on with Connect at that point. Like, literally, if I could just make it through without having I, I am, a heart attack, I'm <laughs> I am somewhat unconvinced that these sort of, like, work yourself to d- exhaustion and death are actually the best workouts but this is not the workout podcast right, so right. although we have seen results in some of them in the past i mean remember about a couple of years ago ufc personal trainer got got results for a lot of people it did well we fit did and i mean that is one of the most well, anything, that, workouts anything ever. that gets you up and gets you doing something the fallacy of yeah. these is that is that if it's if it's just something you go and do and then you don't stick with your program and don't it, you, it's gotta have, you gotta have a lifestyle you can find that's works for you or you're gonna look decent for an eight month period you're gonna go from overweight to looking good to slowly right back to overweight again i mean that's pretty much how it works yeah so uh, i ask everybody in the in the well on twitter and on the shack news thread you know some of the things to share with that they were excited about from next gen got some really great answers uh long time listener shadow 13th says uh, i love how utterly convincing the water in assassin's creed 4 looks I, I like to just park my. I don't know about the seriousness of this. I like to just park my ship and watch the waves. <laughs> okay, sit. I do stuff like that day. though. If I really see something that's pretty, or I see water that's awesome, I'll sit there and just bounce up and down and look at it. Yeah. I mean, Diamond Fire five echoed that and said, "Being chased by a water by a water by a water spout in the middle of a giant thunderstorm is pretty epic." Uh, let's see, Lorem Fall. You can jump in if any of these uh, speak to you. Lauren Foles says that I uh, got a PS4 and some of the things loving so far. Oddly enough, the what's new stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a small friends list and only recent added some of the weekend confirm people. By the way, lots of weekend confirm people all now friends on PSN. So that's fun. Very cool. Uh, but I like checking out what people are playing or did. And I don't even know why. Seriously, if, if you post a video, I'm compelled to watch it. It's kind of interesting. It's like because it's in your what's new there. And you know, oh, there's a the video. I'm going to go watch it. Uh, the Vecta settings in Killzone are cool to see and play in, both uh, technically and artistically, and Killzone uh, multiplayer is still fun. Uh, MH Silver is loving the video sharing on PS4. I think that both consoles video sharing. Yeah, yeah really... Xbox One has the upload studio, which is really easy to use, although... Don't it... use any curse words, folks. You will get bans. Yeah, I think oh. there's a certain level of swearing that they're allowing. I think they're... <laughs> I don't know what that crescendo is where they decide it's too much, but... I, I think the one thing that I noticed when using Upload Studio is that I probably shouldn't be using the headset when recording dialogues. I tend to breathe into it a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I did that for the Rise review. That didn't go over so well. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Roman MF says, I love the sharing functionality of PS4. Uh, currently polluting my Facebook with it. I uh, only had the Xbox One for a few hours, but I dig the TV and Connect stuff, and the scan code feature is just yeah. killer. Oh, yes. Yeah. God, that's, you, you don't even know how great a feature that is. <laughs> Instead of having to type in like a 50-number code, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. you just show the code to the camera, and boom, there it is. Uh, Z-Mansfield says, can't get enough of the DualShock 4. It's an outstanding controller. Agreed. Uh, went retro and played some of the new Ratchet and Clank earlier and wished I had been playing it using a DualShock 4. Also loving the crap out of Resogun. Never played Geometry Wars or Super Stardust HD, so it's a revelation to me. Uh, and that's kind of awesome. Uh, DualShock hey, 4 is awesome, by the way. I mean, I wonder if some people are willing to admit now that DualShock 3 was god-awful, but... <laughs> I don't know about that controller. In comparison, having played with both controllers, I'm really torn now because I do really like the way the PlayStation 4 controller sits in my hand. I like both of them. Like I have no like I would play third party games on the Xbox 360 specifically because I hated the DualShock controller. Now that's not even a part of my decision making process. I I was dead set that having that left stick top mounted on the 360 was superior. But just moving them apart the way the PlayStation 4 controller does has suddenly made me happy with it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm okay with either either or. Uh, Hayes Blaze says, uh, love my PS4. Things seem so sleek and fast. Uh, loving the controller and the games. Killzone Online is amazingly fun. It took me about it took me a week to put Knack in because of the reviews, and I was surprised how much I love the game. Great game. Uh, our resident uh, Xbox defender, M.I. M Y S S S S. Yeah. Little exhaustion. I says, so my daughter was sick, and when I got home, I started the update, but uh, had to go to help her sleep. So 40 minutes later, she's asleep, and the update is done. Uh, what is this like? Uh, mm? <laughs> he's like talking about connect, connect and setup. I'm not really sure like where he's going with this, but it does raise a question I was thinking of a, a minute ago. You were talking about the connect sensor, and I'm mean, sorry, my SSS. I have no idea what your post here is about. It's not about what you love about the system at all. Uh, like the whole thing we always wondered about with connect was when are we going to get a connect where I can just sit in front of my television and play? Mm, yeah. And so how is that, how is it responding in just normal game conditions? Like where you're sitting, because the whole thing was like, you used to clear everything out of the way and you'd stand up and you'd wave at the connect and you'd be like, Oh, I'm playing a connect game. I'm standing right in front of my television. Well, there's not really, I mean, I haven't played zoo tycoon, but there's not really much. There aren't any games. That's why I played connect sports other rivals than, other than voice commands. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to be able to answer that until something like Fantasia comes out and people have to stand in front of the connect and just do a bunch of motions. Well, I mean, I played connect sports rivals and it, I, in my opinion, it doesn't work very well. I don't know if it was, I didn't have ideal lighting conditions or there was a candle burn. I mean, I get sick of like the excuses of, well, you didn't have this or you had a fluorescent light. It's like the thing I should be able to put it on and it should work in my living room. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I have to say have that to watch a video to learn how to use my Connect either. <laughs> the uh, have has anybody done the uh, Skype calling with it? Uh, uh-uh. no, it's great. Is it? Oh yeah, you said so you and Dan, you said you and Danny did it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. The camera looks great. I the, mean, you can see the fidelity of the camera on the screen. It looks sharp. It's so crazy how it'll do the auto zooming in on you and follow you around the room. Yeah, that's pretty. It's cool. bizarre. Like it'll it. I was sitting on my couch, a ways away from the camera, and it starts with this kind of excellent wide view, wide angle, sort of you know fisheye lens, slight fisheye lens view, very crisp. Uh-huh. And as I started talking, it pushed in on my face. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's just a close-up of me on, on my face. That's great. You're like, how does it know? Exactly. 
Really? Well, it, it tracks was, you. When you sit down on the couch, it immediately yeah. recognizes you. It's and like, I oh, that's Shane. If I stood up and put my arms out, it would widen out to catch that movement. It well, was great. more amazing is the fact that the IR blaster is in the Connect camera, yet it works in every. Everyone I know says the IR blaster works, and yet it's yeah, it's in the same entertainment center, and yet it's bouncing the IR through the house somehow. It well must enough. be yeah. high powered. It that's must be amazing. Well, I'm yeah. controlling my TiVo through it. Yeah. It must be it's awesome. I mean, it controls everything. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Zeb wins says I love the Xbox One especially the controller so counterpoint to you sure. act- and actually gives the tip about the bumpers and how to use them uh, he does like the DS4 as well uh, although not the light bar and I like the light a lot bar of folks, I've actually been reading a lot of folks especially on Gaff not liking the light bar so much I like the light bar too I think it's cool not gonna lie. the light bar is really helpful when you're doing couch co-op like it assigns everyone different colors and that way you can tell whose controller belongs to who and you know well, I like that some games are using things. it in interesting ways too you know mm-hmm. you hear about the way Thief is going to use it and the, using uh, it as a as a, uh, a life sensor I think it should you should have the option to turn it off I'm not a big fan of it I, I see what I concur with you about cool. that. You should be able to go into in the in the device configuration. And you I should think, be able to say turn off light. Eventually, I think they'll probably have that functionality. Sometimes I think it's cool. Sometimes I just think it's annoying. Like if I'm playing a game and I want the room to be dark and like you know a spooky game or something like that, I don't necessarily want like a light in on my controller. But eight object says uh, loving the Xbox One. The impulse feedback and the triggers is amazing, and not just in Forza Five. NBA Two K Fourteen uses the triggers when you have the ball to let you know what hand the ball is in. Cool. And it actually feels like dribbling to me. That's that cool. is insane. And I don't know if you've seen, so I got a copy of NBA 2K14 for PS4 today. I don't know if you have seen this game in person. Have, have any of you seen it in person? We, we, we both saw it earlier today and oh man, it's it was a stunner, yeah. it I, I'm I will reserve confirming this statement for after I've played it for next week, but it might be the most next-gen looking game. Hmm. Literally walking by the break room at Gamefly today, there were people playing the game, and and it it was another one of those cases of on first blush, you think that they're watching a, a basketball game. I mean, it always has been NBA 2K. That's the way it's always been. Visual concepts. It's always been one of the best-looking games on whatever system it's... I mean, part of it is basketball. The arenas are small. There's only sure. five players aside. But yep. here's how embarrassingly good Visual Concepts is, and embarrassingly for EA, who just missed this boat so badly. This game, because I'm walking by and stop for a second, part of what sold me on it is that it was, it was they were playing somebody, I think it was Indiana against the Clippers, and it was an LA-based game. And it had... And the and Visual Concepts understands... Billy how, Crystal was in the audience. <laughs> it, had, it had like the pregame flyover of downtown LA and then it showed uh, in engine and then it showed a shot of like the LAX outside LAX. And it does, <laughs> it's like all the sort of staging yeah. shots that they do in a professional basketball game. And then they go to the... Then they go to the you know, the courtside reporter interviewing one of the players and their freaking camera model, their models are so amazing that it's like, especially if you're standing, you know, 50 feet away, looking yeah. at it, you're like, okay, that's really impressive. 50? Yeah. That's kind of ways. That's a big, that's a long way. Well, I mean, I'm standing out, I'm, I'm in my uh, lobby and then I'm looking through the glass into our, into our, yeah, pretty far away. It'll fool you. You'll make you think you're watching I think if you got closer than that, that you would yeah. be able to tell the difference. Yeah. I'm not saying it's amazing. I'm saying you have to be a little ways away. And then the game starts and, and it is, it is really impressive. It is really impressive. Uh, Runner Matt is absolutely loving the remote play. Being able to play games while my family can still uh, watch TV is absolutely awesome. I tried that as well. I, I played a bunch of Resugun on my uh, Vita, and it worked s- swimmingly. It was it was great. Yeah, says, some games don't says work as great. A, he says setup is a breeze. 
It's, it is easy. It is a breeze. And it does work pretty well. I mean, if you sit on the couch and watch remote play with your TV right there, there is a delay. But if you walk away and only focus on your Vita, it doesn't seem to affect it too much. I mean, Resogun, I think there were some frames dropped out. But my biggest issue was I tried to use it to play Killzone. And because it's missing some of the shoulder buttons, certain things that you do in the game, you have to use the back touch. Mm. And I don't know if you guys have ever used a game where you have, or played a game where you have to really use that back touch, and they kind of draw little that. deviants or something. Yeah, I mean it's it's not ideal. And when and for shooters, that it's usually something that's like a big function. Like I think melee is what you have to use the back touch for in Killzone. And I was I could never get the melee. It's like it would flash up this kind of see through version of the Vita, and then these little squares showing you where you're supposed to be Tap touching here. it on the right and it's on like, the back. You can't see it, so you're, you can't connect your brain with where you're supposed to, and obviously in shooters, you need to be able to use that knife when you need to use it in a split second. I mean, literally, you're talking mm-hmm. about like frames here, so I wasn't that excited about it, but the visual quality of, especially if you have the old Vita, which has the OLED screen, it's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. I haven't done it outside the house yet, though. I don't know if you've gone to like an internet yeah. cafe or anything. I just I did think it. a lot of people will be experimenting with it over this holiday break, though, so we'll get some, real world, we'll get some real world examples. Uh Runner Matt says he's in Tahiti and going to try it there. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> Lucky bastard. 8Object also says it just discovered the uh, game DVR feature for Xbox One and, and thinks it's really cool and works well with the voice command integration. Um, so that's cool. Uh, Bailey, a- Bailey AU uh, is loving the launch atmosphere that the past week has brought. That's something really cool, right? Totally so, down with that. Yeah, yeah feeling like fun. a kid on Christmas morning, and I totally agree with that, which is excellent. Uh, and said, oh, he said he felt like a kid on Christmas morning when I was unboxing my Xbox One, which leads to my actual point. As a 23-year-old gamer, it blows my mind that if there is another console generation, let's say in seven or eight years, I might be sharing that experience with a child. I, I, Welcome I, to our club. Well, <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Shane. (laughs) Get the hell out of here, kid. You bother me. Get off my lawn. (laughs) I've seen so many generations come and go. I could have had like 20 kids by now. Uh, Have we ever had a 10-day stretch the the way we just had? We'll just leave that one alone. I don't think we have. (laughs) Yeah. And and I feel almost really bad for Media Molecule because Tearaway looks like such a beautiful game and it completely got lost. It couldn't have had a worse release date. I hope they get a a re-release or a a special edition or something. Wouldn't it be great if that game came out in february yes yeah you know like oh, yes. oh all of us can focus on it yeah. yeah i mean a vita game standalone it's gonna have a tough road to toe anyway unless you're yeez which just came out uh going commando 117 got a ps4 says uh one the controller's magical two the new and shiny rose colored glasses are in full force lego marvel superheroes is clever witty and a love letter to marvel universe and assassin's creed 4 is to assassin's creed 3 as assassin's creed 2 is assassin's creed and then lastly but not <laughs> least Dionysus X wrote a very long post, uh, but says he's really enjoying the new consoles so far. Picked them both up on their respective dates. So, you know, getting them both on, on their respective dates is, is uh, a, a theme that I think a lot of gamers have done. I'm left out of that. Says Forza is. I wish I could game. have said the same thing, but I had that buyer's remorse, and I had to. I had to cancel my one reservation. Really? Yeah. I got both on launch day. The worst part for me was waiting for the UPS guy to show up on Friday from Amazon. <laughs> Come I will never pre. I mean, granted, I don't have to worry about this for another eight years, but I will never pre-order a console from Amazon ever again. Why is that? Because I could have just walked into a store at midnight the night before and just got one. And then yeah. instead, the next day, I wake up and then I sat there all day until n- my Xbox One didn't show up until 9.30 p.m. on but, Friday night. So you're an hour and a half late, for one thing. But you know how to fix that, right? Once it's in transit, you just tell them to hold it at the dis- at the nearest drop center and you go get it. 
I was not aware of that. Yeah. I was not aware of that either. Someone, someone tipped me, someone tipped me off to that. But if you can, you can like, once it's in transit from UPS, you can say hold at the like local UPS store. I did not know. I guess they drop the, I guess they go by the local UPS store first and then you can just motor over to the UPS store and pick it up. I'm quite the opposite. I'm never going to not do (laughs) Amazon again. I, I love the fact that I had no stress. I knew it was coming. Didn't know exactly when, but did I you knew. get both of them from from Amazon? Mm, I sure yeah. did. Yeah. See, yeah, I, 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 st- I stressed so much that whole day waiting for it to show up that I think it would have it made up for it and then some. Like mm. the stress of was I going to get? And especially with the Xbox One, uh, it wasn't as difficult to get. Even the PS4, though, I went to the Best Buy, you know, the day before launch, and there was a line of like eight people at like seven p.m. Like I could have easily got in that line and got one so yeah, but you would have had to wait in the line bro i don't mind waiting in the lines i like talking to people about games so you know it's actually kind of fun at least for the first few hours and works then, out well <laughs> if des bryant's around yeah yeah apparently so all right uh cool. we have nintendo on deck to wrap the show up so stick around we got one last segment to go we will talk about some mario i think that'll make a lot of mario. people excited and uh whatever else you guys want to wrap up stick around we will be back in just a second when we go rolling through LA, it's like George and Ralph. Two monsters stomping out, fools putting shit in their mouth. We're climbing up buildings, grabbing necks on a rampage. Punch a tank, eat a prank, make it to the last stage and jump off. Power up, contra, let the pump off. My side gonna blow smoke like Spy Hunter. Rapping at the bar with the tap of more drunk than a little, and you probably never see the up, up. Down, down, left, right, hitting switches with my Nicky, shadow and inky all night. There goes my man Pinky, call him Speedy, he's the fast one. Talking about that yellow creeper, trying to be the last one. We'll put the bite on him, on the hunt for the duck. We the gum shoot posse, so here's a quarter for luck. Don't spend it in one place straight. Big Captain Video, we the invaders of space on top like Commando. You know, nice one, Micah. That's what happens when I uh, come unprepared for music today. Leave it to the uh, awesome talent there in the booth. Micah. What was that actually? I I don't know. It's obviously all about video games. It's people people, under the, people under the stairs. What's the name of the track? Game cool. On. Game on you. So there you go. Good stuff. Nice work, brother. All right, so uh, I turn it over to you on that classic note for some Mario. You Me? Guys, Ooh, you, guys, you guys have played uh, it. Yes. I, have not, I have not played the Mario. Uh, I'm, I'm here to listen and say, tell me tell me why. Okay, so here's my dilemma. I have thought that I should get a Nintendo machine. <laughs> and so I have a 3DS, but there's going to be XLs for 150 at Target. I would say for me. But then... For me, Link is greater than Mario. But that's just me. So you would get the $150 XL and play uh, Zelda. I think Zelda is one of the best games of the year. And Mario is uh, yeah, right there. there too. But f- for I just prefer that game. I think but you I, just, whichever you like, you've played Zelda before, you've played Mario. Which do you like more? This Mario is an excellent Mario. Man, uh, it, uh, I, I would say Zelda, but then I wind up playing Mario more. Oddly. Can't explain that. Especially if you have friends to play Mario with. And the thing is, this isn't like New Super Mario Brothers where like you're all on a 2D plane and you're griefing each other at one point. There's a lot more teamwork involved and it's yeah. a lot more fun. Like you don't get in each other's way as much this time around. Here's the other thing too. You're going to finish Zelda eventually. Like kind of once you get to the end of a, unless you're a speedrunner, when you finish a Zelda game, you're typically pretty done with it. Like there is incentive to keep playing Mario. I mean, even if you get to 100% completion, it's just fun playing with your friends. Um, I certainly think it has a lot more staying power than Zelda, but you know they're such different. Can't go games. wrong either way. You they can't. Both yeah. really, really great experiences. Obviously, the 3DS is a lot cheaper than the Wii U, so maybe that makes it's your not decision. a lot cheaper. 
Eh, for one, one fifty is a lot cheaper than. I guess half price. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, okay, for so it's me, a lot cheaper. Ironically, the experience they're of both playing, expensive because I think you know here's my weird way my mind works. Anything over hundred bucks is expensive. <laughs> it's true though. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ironically, for me, the experience of playing them has uh, converged slightly because uh, as excited as I was about playing Mario in glorious HD on my glorious HD television, I ended up mostly just playing it on the gamepad. <laughs> I, I t- t- tend to not even turn my TV on when it, when I want to play Mario. I just turn on the gamepad. and Every once in a while, I do find myself just looking at the gamepad. Particularly, there's a couple stages in the game where you have to use the touchpad on the screen. Well, that's what got me. And once you touch the screen once, your instinct is to stay on that screen. So exactly. I would touch it, and I'd keep looking at the gamepad, and then 10 minutes later, I'd be like, what am I doing? I have a 65-inch plasma TV sitting right here. Why am I That's looking exactly at this the experience I have. Well, it's because I, I, the game tells you that, you know, you can poke things around, and some things might react differently if you poke them, and it doesn't tell you what exactly you're supposed to poke, but, you know, yeah. you're just kind of experimenting with it. poke everything. Yeah. Well, um... <laughs> I, but yeah, that's exactly the same experience I had. I I I started off playing with the uh, Wii Pro controller or whatever they call it, uh, which that, that's is great. A, that's a bit of an underrated controller too. It's as long great, as we were talking about controllers earlier, yeah, yeah, it's a great way to play that game. And then you get to a level, and it's like you're only able to play this with the Wii gamepad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, do you want to switch controllers? Yeah, okay, I'll switch controllers. And now I'm on the Wii gamepad, and it's like I'm okay. staring at the pad. Well, then why is my television on? I'll just turn my television off. My biggest complaint about this game is that it doesn't really make use of the Wii U. You know, typically Mario is, is particularly 3D Mario, is one of those franchises that kind of shows off whatever the cool functionality is of Nintendo's latest hardware. And the fact that they those levels do. Right. There's not very many of them, though. I I don't know how far you are, but you don't end up having to use it that often. It's... Having experienced it, it seems silly to me that they forced you to have to. But I can see why, because there are a couple places where you have to use a touchpad to get through it. But or blowing on stuff. I mean, I did that like once. You know, it's like it's yeah. not that prevalent. So, but, but I think what they wanted to do is they wanted to get that 1080p 3D Mario out there. They wanted to show that they can do this type of game in in in, in high definition. Well, what they wanted they're... to do is make money. <laughs> well, also, I mean, also, it's, and they've it's had a, a huge software game. gap. And the other thing too is, you can tell that this game is. I mean, to me, you can tell this game has been rushed. Like the the overworld. I know some people will be like, I like the map screen, but no, it's it's better to have an overworld to attach yourself to all these levels. Like it was to me, it's a cop out that they use this old school Mario two D map thing to go from one level to the next. Like. Really? Freedom of, like freedom of movement, but they didn't give you anything to do with there's it. Like you can actually, there. yeah. Well, there's secrets and stuff in there sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Things. It's like the you can't really jump. There's really no platforming in there. Like you go back to Super Mario 64 or the Galaxy games, like they built these worlds that took you off to the other worlds. And this one is just like this very simple, it's old school Mario. I mean, mm. and to me, you know, the three, I'm fine with that for a new Super Mario Brothers, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Peach Edition, whatever, I don't care. But when you're talking about 3D Mario games, to me, they're benchmark games. And to see them kind of cut a corner here to get this game out in time, a little upsetting. On the flip side, once you get into the levels, the game is absolutely stellar. So I just feel like, you, to me, someone who's a big 3D Mario fan in particular, it feels like there's been some corner cuts, corners cut on this game, yet it still stands tall as one of the best games of the year, which says something about 3D Mario games, I think. Even like eighty percent of like the best Mario game is still better than a lot of other games out there. It's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah, the creativity on display, and I still think even this, even the creativity in this game is low compared to the Galaxy games, and it can't touch Mario sixty four because it created something where there was nothing. 
Well, they, they tried in some places, like like the idea with like the idea of just taking the, that shadow play level and just like going in like and playing with those, and then you find so cool. you find the little toe ter- awesome. terrorized by the uh, by the giant Bowser shadow, That's and then hilarious. you find out it's a cutout. And it's just... yeah, uh, again, but that was like one stage out of yeah. I don't even know how many there are in. But that's game. that's what's so amazing about this game is that there's a bunch of that's just one stage, and because you almost never do the same thing twice. It's there's every other stage is like oh my god that's a crazy idea i've never seen which is reminds me of galaxy where i'd be like oh my god i I can't believe we're doing this in a mario game and then you never do it again you do another thing that i can't believe i've never done before and but see i I felt and you haven't got as far as me but i do feel like towards the end of the game the ideas do start to run a little dry in this one and you Mm. do start duplicating things and i agree with you one thousand percent in the galaxy games like you just never like upside down platforming remember that yep like, the Galaxy games, to me, are the pinnacle of that genre. I mean, I don't even know how you could make a better game in the genre, and people have tried, and they've all pretty much failed. And I almost feel like everyone else has given up on the genre because yeah, yeah. it's done so, so well. Sonic tried to do their Galaxy, and that was a It's a joke, thing. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it was abysmal, but it wasn't in the same class. So, you know, we're talking about, like, a 9.5 versus a 9.8 here. And while I feel like, you know, this new one is, it's a, you know a very high quality game. I just feel like it just doesn't hit that level that the two galaxy games did where it was just completely transcendent from other games in a genre at the time. Still a great game. I don't want to slag it, but the lofts are so high here when you start talking about this franchise that it, it's almost impossible to live up to it. At least my expectations. Hmm. Although they've translated a lot of it to co-op play and it's, there's, there's so much joy to be found when playing with friends and playing with, significant others even and it's there's nothing like it out there right now i mean yeah well they don't make games like this anymore which is a travesty in my opinion but i mean it is you know people speak people speak with their money and you know mario you say it's an abomination of the week week. (laughs) but you know it's it is what it is the genre I mean, maybe it killed the genre because it's so good at doing it that no one can compete. Or maybe people just stopped buying the games. I don't know. But at this point, it's... Well, people didn't stop buying the games. But it is a it is definitely an art that is required to be able to pull them together. And it's a commitment. You well, don't... developers hate them because you have to build so many systems. You have to build a racing engine. You have to build a platforming engine. You have to build a shooting engine. It's... There's so much variety in these games that it's not like, okay, we need to build this hack and slash, throw in some cutscenes, we're good to go. It's like with a Mario game, you have to have people who have worked on Mario Kart coming in. You have to have people who worked on a platformer coming in. You have to have maybe some of the guys that consulted on GoldenEye back in the day coming in for the shit. Yeah, so let's, I mean, let's compare to, say, like a Knack. So, you know, Knack, obviously a fun game and a launch game for a high-end technical system and one that shows off some of the cool technical capabilities of the game. I mean, a a machine, which while, you know, it might not be readily apparent to people, the fact that Knack, you know, does all that transformation and size and rigs is, is pretty hip stuff. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't have that scope that you're talking about like that. It doesn't have, you know, all these other game forms in one game. Right. And that is where Mario excels, is in being able to do all of those things and do them at a very high level of polish. And that's why I think Knack really caught a lot of slack. Look, I listened to the show from last week, and I agree. it's getting. I think it's getting slagged too much, in all honesty. But I, I can't believe a three. But I can see where those people are coming from because it does kind of get grindy after a while. You do feel like you're doing the same things, and it is challenging. The 
checkpoints in that game are brutal. The checkpoints in Killzone are brutal at certain places, too. Yeah, I'm playing that now, and I, I was stunned by the fact that I turned it on. If you turn it off and come back and you boot it up, you're like, wait a minute, my I lost my last... I no, lost you, 30 minutes. You didn't lose your save. That's just the way the game works. Not cool. And Knack is like that, too, man. It's like, who did you make this game for? You look at it, and it's like, oh, this is probably for, like, five- and six-year-olds. You start playing it, you're like, my five-year-old couldn't get through this. My five-year-old couldn't get through the second level of this game. And so it's... It's pretty interesting in how those were designed. Who were they designed for? You know, yeah. it on the outside it looks like it's for kids, but kids would never be able to get through that game. So, and Mario's a little bit like that too. There's some levels in Mario where you kind of skip along in that. Well, game. Well, that's why Nintendo introduced all of these assistance mechanisms that they have. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like the the pity P wing that they give you, like the one that's like, hey, you kind of suck. So you know, here, hit this block, and you'll you'll find a lot easier. Won't help you with the pits, but you know. It's well, the other thing I've noticed about that too is once you get that suit, you're kind of taking the scarlet letter because yeah. you are unable to get certain stars then because yeah. some stars require very like you have to have the cat suit to get them, yeah. and once you take that suit, you cannot shed the suit. Right you are stuck with that suit. So you have to think long and hard before you take it because that means that you may not be able to get some of the stars in the level and you may have to replay the level anyway. And getting the stars is pretty much key to unlocking everything in that game. Yeah, they are the key that unlocks all the new levels. So you have to. And I was talking to you before the sh- we recorded the show and I was like, yeah, when I first started playing Mario, I would make sure I got all three stars and the stamp in every level. You know, once I got hundred like, coins, oh all yeah, that stuff. I nailed everything. And now that I'm kind of coming down the home stretch of that game, it's like I got two out of three. That's cool. <laughs> I got. Hmm. I just keep moving forward. So, I, I I would be the same way, but I'd eventually go back for it. I, I, I probably you know one hundred percenting Mario games is is a little bit of a badge of honor. I probably will go back eventually and do it simply because in about a month's time we aren't going to have anything to play, hmm. not just on the PS4 and the Xbox One, but on the Wii U as well. I mean, we got Donkey Kong coming. There's nothing coming out for just about anything in the next couple of months. I think the next So you're going to go dig back. And this is when people will really realize what the good launch games were. Because they're going to look at their little library they have there, and they'll be like, which ones can I go back and play again? What's what's the next next next-gen coming out? I think it's like Thief in February? Yeah, that's about right. And then around March, you have uh, Infamous. March, you have and by then we'll be getting ready for Titanfall. Yeah, Titanfall, that's going to be a big game. I mean, that might be the game that really, because, you know, look, everybody's happy and shiny right now. They have their new consoles and everybody loves all the functionality, but eventually everyone's going to realize that they need games to play on these things or they're just worthless pieces of junk. So it's, I think. I wouldn't say that. Well, I'm not maybe less so than they used to be. It used to be they really were worthless. At least now you have like all the entertainment stuff wrapped up into it. But I mean, most people buy these things to play games. And I mean, my TV does everything almost that my Xbox and PS4 one does. It has Netflix and it has voice control and all this stuff that I never use because it's my TV and I just assume it sucks. (laughs) So people can get access to kind of that stuff without having to spend the 400, the $500 for their machines. But in a month, two months' time, that's when people are going to realize, okay, this was really the good launch game because I still have interest in playing this game, and it's been on the market for two months. And they're going to have to find stuff like that unless they want to dig out their PS3 out of the box. Like, <laughs> like you may have to in a couple months. Right. I find it interesting what you're saying, that if, if a year from now we're going to be having those same conversations about the One and the PS4 that we did with the Wii U a year after it came out. Like, where are the games? And yeah, I mean, you I, know, everyone slagged on the Wii all this year. I mean, everyone knew it was coming. It happened with the 3DS. It happens with every platform. They get this rush of launch games done, and they don't even think about, well, shit, what about the month after that? Like, 
And with Nintendo, it's been particularly difficult because they have no third-party support. At least with these machines, they'll be able to count on the third parties pitching in here and there to fill some of those gaps. That's where it's been tough on Nintendo. They don't have that. So yeah, They've been trying to make up for it with like the indie support, but that's only getting them so far right now. Yeah, and I think it can be argued that PlayStation has done a much better job they in, have, in they actually, space period. So. Sony's done a tremendous job with indie developers. And they've done a good job with the launch of the PS4, too. Mm-hmm. You know, Resogun, I've probably played Resogun more than almost any other game that launched with that system. Mm-hmm. So, And oddly enough, the one I'm looking forward to from PS4 right now is Octodad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people are talking about that mm-hmm. game. It's kind of the next big thing. So I talked a lot about Mario. What, what were your impressions of it? Uh, just about the same. Just that the level of design is just incredible. Just like... And it's like Jeff was saying, like you you find things that you only do once, but they're just so much fun. Just like such an not 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 a oh geez, I'm I'm sorry, I'm like blanking out. Jeff, help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's it's you never know a what to expect. Kind next. of experience. It's it really is, and it's it's a it's a it's a game that I have a grin on my face the entire time I'm playing it, and I feel smart when I find a, a secret. And they're chock full of surprises around every corner. And and I think it is absolutely a killer app for the Wii U. I, I think that it uh, just the idea of playing those games, these type of games in that kind of graphical fidelity, it, it really is a beautiful game. It is the art style is really pretty. Everything is very round. They used all the polygons on their models in this game to yeah. so you even in Kill Zone, like there's the one shot where the guy kind of leans down and he has a shaved head. You can still see the polygonal edges on his head, but the characters in Mario, man, those curves are crazy smooth. And I've never seen a Mario game do show offy stuff with with graphics before. You know, like you'll you'll hop into a, a clear uh, pipe. And it'll take you on a long journey, and it'll just take you by something. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, this a cinematic is a, camera. Yeah, you actually have a world to look at. It's exactly. never been the case before, right. I mean, except for maybe Galaxy. Like, Galaxy kind of did that a little bit whenever you did use the Warp Stars. Oh, that's yeah. true. And, yeah. and this is and this is kind of using it in the same way. And and it's it's fun. It's both like a single-player experience, because there is that challenge in there to touch the spine and everything, and as a co-op experience, because you get those stories coming out of it, like when you play with friends. Like, yeah. like, like when you first get the, the cannon box and you accidentally shoot your friend in the face. <laughs> I love the crown. I love the, the tiny little. Oh God, we, we competed for yeah. the crown so much. It's so fun. Oh, my, my, my girlfriend kept trying to get the crown off me. And then, <laughs> and then when you throw in that competition element at the end, cause it takes your two scores and whoever gets the highest score ends up with the crown and the crown gives you an extra 5,000 points. So there's right. a little bit more. And you incent- can drop the crown. If you die, you drop the crown. You can pick up the crown again. Yeah. It's really, really clever. And I know, and I know you can't grief, you can't, you don't grief each other as much as you do in the past few games, but eventually that competitive edge does start to get there to the point where like we were halfway through the third world and we're just like, um, do we only have two lives left? Like, like, how did this happen? <laughs> it doesn't matter, though. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. That's the one the thing day. about this game. Like, lives don't matter. That's I mean, they're really, I feel like no consequence for dying in this game because it, it hasn't been a lot there of, be. there hasn't yeah. been a lot of consequence dying in a Mario game anyway. And it's kind of like they're just going with that trope at this point. It's like, because, why even have them? Honestly, why yeah. are there even lives? It's I, like, let's give purpose to the gold coins. I, I think, I think they just have the lives now just because that's the way they've always done it. And Maybe it maybe it should change at this point. But. I think Nintendo's guilty of a lot of things in that regard. They're yeah. just doing it because it's been done that way for a long time, not because it's because it's tradition. Yeah, because not because the it's the right it. thing to make their games better, right. in my opinion. And how do you guys feel about um the real challenging platforming levels being gone? Do you remember those from Galaxy where they were just like, Hey, here's a bunch of platforms, 
Good luck. I actually didn't finish Galaxy 2 because I hit one of those levels and oh, couldn't really? beat it. Uh, like, see, like, I love I, those. I love yeah. the challenge of those. I feel I, like I, this so game is too easy. Like, I, I would have loved to see those back. Like, I actually appreciated Galaxy 2 more for that just because a lot of the knock on the Mario titles is they're way too easy. Like, you This can just, one is really easy. I mean... Yeah. You'll build up like 30 or 40 men, and then you'll get to that one stage where you lose like 20 of them like all at once. But there's really no threat of like ever running out of extra lives. I think like, Donkey Kong Country did more for, for challenge in the last couple of years and then, than Mario has. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Without a doubt. And we'll get a little dose of that not in the not too distant future as well. Yeah. So. I mean, that goes back to the thing we were talking about, though. I think Nintendo has very squarely tried to address the difficulty perception on mario and make it approachable so that anybody because look they made they made now a family console and they want a family console i mean for better or for worse and i can hear some of you folks out there thinking well i grew up on nintendo consoles and they were hard and that's how i got to be a core gamer yeah and for better or for worse they're approaching it differently now well there's more difficult levels in the galaxy games like you didn't necessarily have to do well at them to proceed through the game they're really more for people who are like speedrunners. People who really love platformers. But imagine like if we showed some of these folks Mario Sunshine. Mm. Yeah. Worst 3D Mario ever, by the way. I, In my opinion. I never actually played it. Yeah. Like, but, but, but it's hard. <laughs> but definitely has big difficulty spikes in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I like, I feel like you have to have the yin to get the yang. You have to have the, ho- the more difficult parts of a game to get the true enjoyment out of completing those sections galaxy 2 did a really great job with that by the way with this with the with that last special world that they actually gave you those hard levels and it's like okay this is an actual challenge like do do you remember that one where uh everything moved in double time oh yeah because that's where that's where i hit the wall right there i'm seeing a lot of repeats in this game too like there's the level where the music the level set to the music and every measure the platform flips that was something they did with uh, 3d land and i mean there's there's a lot in this game that has been recycled from prior games and that's why i feel like galaxy 2 is probably the pinnacle because that's where they got to the place where they everything was new and nothing had been reused or very little had been reused from prior games and that's why it kind of feel like it the the 3d marios hit their sweet spot there and now with the first 3ds game and now this game you're starting to see a lot of those elements from the last galaxy game i think i think 3d world wanted to do a lot of those 3d land elements and just kind of set them for co-op i kind of do it with friends well there's the toad levels Yes, which which are very creative. I love those. Are, yeah. The Captain Toad levels. Have you tried I don't them like. It's weird to play a Mario game where you don't jump, but that's kind of the whole premise of these. They're puzzle things where you have to use the camera, and yeah. that to me really harkens back to 3D, which Land. could be a game in itself, right? Yeah, and maybe it, it should have been a separate game on unto itself, but yeah, because it kind of it kind of uh, brings a co op momentum to a halt because those are it just seems only. weird. It's like you're used to running and jumping, and now all of a sudden you're Toad and you're like trying to figure out how to find you basically have to find like use the camera to find a hole in the environment to drop down to get you to a new platform so you can keep going it's it's a change of pace but i don't know if it was really doesn't sound like you're in love with it i'm not definitely not i don't feel like it fits in with the rest of the game speaking of fitting in where is mario going to fit into the game of the year discussion it's in that discussion definitely it should be it's in my top five right now i know a lot of folks really it's in your top five yes how far up in your you haven't decided yet i haven't decided how about Zelda? Zelda's in my top three. There's a lot of folks buzzing about Zelda. Like it is like going to one be... of the greatest games of the year for sure. Did you play uh, Link to the Past beforehand? You as a child, yeah. So you have <laughs> you have played it before though. It hasn't been for years, but yes, I think I played it recently on the Virtual Console. And are you seeing shadows of that in the game? 
Yes, and and I don't have the memory for it. People are, I have reviewed the game in on a number of outlets, and I bring up things like, "Oh my god, this this," and they're like, "Oh, you remember that from Link of the Past?" I'm like, "No, no. <laughs> I, I, I've played it for an hour so far, and I can say the overworld map is exactly the same so far. Hmm. Like, like." Um, I haven't even started on this game yet. It's been sitting on my kitchen table for glorious a few days. I'm on the last boss. I don't know if I'll ever beat him. I you'll beat him. I I I, he pissed me off. The I pissed me off, and I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Just go on YouTube and just. I mean, I know how to beat him. It's just it just need more heart containers. (laughs) I just uh, eh, I don't need to. Um, But uh, man, every single every single dungeon in the game is wonderful, and they just perfect the art of creating puzzles that communicate in very subtle ways. And that wonderful thing where it doesn't matter which direction you go, you can't screw up. If you open that, if you get a a key and you open that door instead of that door, or you, you know, you sort of start on the dungeon on the left-hand side instead of the right-hand side, it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll get everything. You, you, you can't box yourself into a corner it's just all laid out in a, such a beautiful way and everything is so different and they use the 3D in such magnificent way. It's it's sublime. Top it's, three of the year, it's got to be. Oh, for sure. For me, it's... So that's up there with it, The Last of Us and... Oh, yeah. I don't know what your other pick would be, but... Uh, GTA, Bioshock. Yeah, it's one of the... Tomb Raider. For sure, one of the best. Games Has to be in there for me. I actually love Tomb Raider. I don't know why there's so much hate on that game. I, I don't get it. I loved it too. Yeah, Tomb Raider's in my so, top five. What a year for gaming, and the mm. fact that I mean, even, it is a Zelda Q4 title. has been kind of weak, though. Let's, let's Zelda, be honest. What has Q4? It's I been mean, we, it's been weak, and while filled with the overmarketed, and this is where I mean, people often wonder. AAA really is a marketing term. It's been yeah, filled yeah. with the overmarketed AAA games that are not delivering at that same pace. I feel like we're going to have a lot of indie games in top tens this year. Like like a lot of ro- you're going to see a lot of Rogue Legacy. You're going to see a lot of. Uh, Shoot, I had had a list in my head and I just Rogue Legacy is my game of the year. Yeah, I got Rogue. It's my game of the year. Wow, I've played of all the stuff I've played. Rogue Legacy has given me the. I will get it someday. Monaco, Gunpoint. I I feel like Monaco. I I was going to say Monaco, and then I thought, and that top ten's a little strong for it. These are you know what I wanted to get to that we didn't get to. Also, is what are you going to say? So we're going to go to finishing moves here in just a second. But before that, what are you going to play over Thanksgiving, over the holiday? I'm going to finish Knack. I am going to play a hell of a lot more Forza. I'm going to finish Den Rising. Uh, that, you've, you're going to have all the time for that? I mean, those are those will, will be the rotation. Oh. Is your fiancé going out of town? No, quite the opposite. Spelunky. I mean, those are the rotation. Spelunky was what oh, I was going to play Zelda. Sorry. It's been sitting in my, on my kitchen table for days, and I... Just waiting to finish Mario to get on Zelda. I have like one world left in Mario. So, Oz, what are you going to play? Uh, my girlfriend and I are going to finish off Mario on Thursday, nice. and then we'll see where we go from there. I've got a, uh, I've got Knack and Killzone both going. I started FIFA. I'm going to play. I've got NBA 2K, which I'm psyched to play. I'm going to dabble in all those. But you know, what? I've, I've kind of had this itch to. This is a really weird one. Well, not even weird. I mean, I've had an itch to go turn on some Civ. Oh, and and over th- over a holiday like Thanksgiving, that's the perfect time to go. You know play a massive game of that most recent expansion whose name escapes me brave new world is which i have on there awesome and i've been like waiting just like sit down and play it so yeah you know maybe i'll start a big game of civ and just and then then once you've got it once you've got it started it's like there's a ramp up time right you gotta have like that ramp up run but once you have the ramp up run then you can kind of come back to it and play an hour or two anytime you want as long as you like set a timer and say what it's off they should just keep civ games away from me man you do the same thing i just crack out on them i just can't stop 
Same thing happened to me with uh, Enemy Within, which I reviewed for uh, Shack News, which it was just another one of those games where it just takes over your life and all you can think about is, yeah. You'll do that. You get it. All right, we will take a, uh, we're not taking a break. We're going to take our finishing moves and then we got Tailgate. We get it all in because we got a Thanksgiving Tailgate coming up. Jeff, you still have an extra pick. Your extra pick is a Thanksgiving Day game. So uh, here we go with finishing moves. Finishing moves. And now that we have busted his cherry, we will let Shane lead off on the finishing moves. Okay, my finishing move is words to the wise for potential would-be buyers out there who may be eyeing up eBay auctions for the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One Mm. or otherwise looking on Craigslist thinking about spending crazy amounts of money for one of these machines. And I'm here to tell you, do not do it. Do not spend crazy amounts of money on either one of these machines. One, I think you'll be able to find them very easily uh, in January. Um, Two, I just don't feel like there is an experience on either one of these machines that makes them worth more than what you would pay for them at retail. So if you look, I get it. I've been there. You're sitting there. You're like, I got the money. They're asking double. Oh, wait, here's one that's only $200. Don't do it. Don't. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a trap. Come down off the ledge. You know, I've owned both these machines since they came out and I played them before that. I can tell you right now that you're not really missing a whole lot by not having these machines. Definitely not enough to worth making them, making you pay double for them. So there you go. Ozzy. All right. Well, I've seen this thread come up on Shaq a lot. And I know that since we've been talking about the 3DS on Black Friday, uh, I guess if you're going to get a 3DS on Black Friday, there are going to be some titles that you're going to want to start off with. Obviously, the first party stuff is going to be, you know, goes without saying your Mario and your Zelda and all that. There's also a few that you may want to start off with. Like their Resident Evil Revelations was one of my favorite 3DS titles of the mm. last few years. Like it's still oh, it's, it's, it's the closest yeah, it's that's good. come to classic Resident Evil in like forever. Uh, there's a Phoenix Wright on the eShop, which I, I know I kind of gave it a little bit of shit before, but it's still a really solid Phoenix Wright experience. Uh, Pushmo on the eShop also is a really solid puzzle game. Absolutely love that one. And w- another one that g- actually gets lost in the first party shovel, Kid Icarus Uprising. Mm. Is the more I start mm. thinking about that game, the more I really actually want to go back and play it again. Except that it hates left-handed people. It does hate left-handed <laughs> And you're people. missing the best 3D ge- 3DS game of them all. Which is? Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. I knew you were going there. Yeah. I, I, need, I need to start Fire Emblem. I really do. That's on my list. I throw in Luigi's Mansion. Uh, Luigi's That's Mansion is really too. good too, yeah. The one thing I would say about Fire Emblem is you can play it forever and you never lose that engagement level. Like the amount of playtime you're going to get out of that 35 bucks or whatever you spend on it worth every freaking penny. There and look you, what happened. 3DS now has a killer library. There, yeah. there you go. And it will happen eventually and people are going to freak out later this year about these machines and eventually they all get there. Although it's still kind of hard to recommend for someone to buy the Wii U, I have to admit. It's a challenge. I mean, it is hard. It, I think it'll get there. It'll, it'll get there very soon. And, and, and Xbox One and PS4 will get there too. I mean, look, you know what you're getting with the Wii U. There's no surprises. That's my big issue with it. It's like everybody knows. The All challenge right. now for Here's them a, to get third-party developers is going to be worse it's than too late. Ba- it's too late. They Bayonetta. Can't. People will look forward to Bayonetta, I hope. So. I hope so. Yeah. Jeff Kanata. Uh, the author of a new book uh, entitled Stay a While and Listen, How Two Blizzards Unleashed Diablo and Forged a Video Game Empire. I mean, stay a while and listen. Fre- yeah. Frequent Shack News uh, <laughs> frequent Shack News chatty member David Craddock. That is right. He sent me a copy of the book. I uh, have started it. It's very interesting. A lot of uh, juicy behind the scenes stuff about uh, the making of Diablo. And it's written like a novel. So it's written hmm. uh, very, uh, very easy to read and, and uh, like, like you're hearing a story. That's uh, cool. I, I would recommend it. People should check it out, especially if you're interested in, in that company like I am. Um, 
very cool of him to send along a copy for me to check out. Uh, also, just want to say, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful for all of you listening and downloading the show every week. Thank you for for uh, your engagement and uh, for listening to us. And I uh, look forward to another great year in 2014. We're close to 200. We are close to 200. We are close we to do 200. Special. We will do something very special. Yeah. Actually, I have some ideas clicking for some 200 specials. So, yeah. and also we're going to have holiday shows coming up. Very and fun. I will go ahead and say this now. I'm going to make the actual. I'm going to like tweet it on social media and like get in touch with people. I would like this year to. Do, I had an idea to do something. And so, if you are a game developer or involved in uh, game development and would like to share your holiday greeting or your holiday wishes or your holiday thoughts, uh, get a hold of me. My me myself or <laughs> or, <I>. or dave <laughs> and uh we'll figure it out like pretty simple stuff like just hook up a mic record a quick mp3 and we'll get you in on the holiday show and we'll do you Fun. know we'll play we'll play like greetings from game developers and i'm hoping that we could even go a step further and maybe get some studios to get their game characters to give like greetings for how ho- for holidays we'll see That's that, cool. that that has enough good luck with that has enough politics <laughs> to it that it could never happen yeah but you know we might get some interesting stuff to say hi from people so there's that my finishing move uh is is, is this be cautious and careful and have a lovely holiday and take care of yourself and don't talk on your phone when you drive yes uh, so for those talk of you who or have, tweet or text who, in some states it's still not illegal by the way is it really not illegal yeah pennsylvania you can basically just drive and talk wow in new york has gone the other way with it they've got, they've rented out a fleet of suvs so that cops can catch you catch people texting yeah. while they're driving well, long story short is that uh, over this past weekend, if you haven't followed me on social media, I uh, had a very, very close encounter with a car. Oh my God, I completely forgot to ask you about that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Dude, that scared the shit out of over. me when I read it. And it happens to me so often running. It happens to me so often where I feel like, oh, I almost got hit. Yeah, I you did You actually get hit. did get I hit. I physically got hit by a car. Yeah. And pretty much How's miraculously sur- miraculously survived oh, it. Jesus Christ. The car ran over his fingers the and he still got him. Was, no, was, was resting. The, the tire was on my, it was across all four of these fingers and that's what happened to him. So oh. long story short is I was running uh, so down. good video game playing fingers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it could impact your how career. I, look at that. <laughs> look, I Honda Accord was on my hand. And that's all that happened to I it. don't know how you uh, didn't lose your fingertips. I, it's amazing. You're so, hey, I was miraculously lucky. Uh, I was running down the sidewalk out to the beach, and this uh, person was driving down the, si- down, the, down the sidewalk. They were driving down the sidewalk. They were driving down the driveway to their apartment complex. As they were coming up to the, uh, in, you know, where, the, where they're going to come onto the street, they were going to make a right-hand turn. So, America, we drive on the side. So, the, obviously... That so happens all the time. Was looking left the whole all time. The fucking time. So a person me. was driving down the driving down the driveway to the apartment complex. And of course they don't stop where they're supposed to stop. Lo- no, didn't they pull out all the way to the street? Wasn't level. even slowing down. Yeah, I know. So it was looking left, the time. looking left on their phone, and I had my you know I'm just running along, and ho- fortunately I caught just enough of a glimpse of them coming and realized the momentum they were carrying was not going to stop, and I jumped backwards. Yeah. And by virtue of jumping backwards, instead of getting run over, I got hit by the front corner panel of the car which knocked me into the street and it's it's, well it knocked me into the street and spun me around and when i landed i landed with my hand out and the car stopped on my hand oh my god i'm like i'm sitting there with my hand stuck under the car tire and i'm like i'm like like, yeah leaning up over the fender going like move back please and i hate to laugh but it all worked out and it all worked out fine and that's great and and you know so that's great it sucks no people need (laughs) it's incredibly miraculous you are lucky bro I don't know if that's LA or if it's everywhere. But it's everywhere. Pe- pedestrians are the least. Oh, San Francisco's noticed. even worse, man. On a bike in San Francisco, forget it. I would never ride a bike in that city ever again. This I got this scar. 
You got this scar. From, it's his radio. They can't see the scar. Well, you guys can. Uh, from from the exact same thing. Got hit on, oh, wait, on nice a bike. Bicep, bro. Thanks, bro. Uh, I got hit on a bike. Uh, the exact same thing. People come out and they look. They're not looking for pedestrians. They're looking to to transition the intersection as quickly as they fucking yeah. can. You're in a car. You're comfortable. I don't want to have to actually stop. I want to keep driving. Well, sometimes you can't see. I mean, please be. Just don't so, you defend them. Dude. Please be. <laughs> please just, be careful. I live in an apartment complex that has a driveway like that, and I know sometimes I've actually almost hit people on bikes, even though I'm being careful. You, you just can't avoid it. Sometimes. And there's probably also going to be a lot of drinking going on, so don't hesitate to call a cab or an Uber. Yep. Just, just be careful. U- Uber's the best thing ever. It really is. It's the best thing, Uber. <laughs> is that ever. their tagline? <laughs> All right, uh, we have a uh, tailgate coming up after the after the uh, close here. Ozzy has moved ahead of me after my one and two performance over the weekend. Nice performance by your uh, Niners on Monday night. Yeah, Look, they looked very solid against the uh, Redskins. Terrible Redskins. Yeah. <laughs> but big you know thanks what? to uh, big thanks to everyone here at the Atlantis Group Studio. If you are doing any sort of game recording or audio engineering, these guys are fantastic here in beautiful downtown Santa Monica, right out by the beach. Fantastic place to come as well. You give you an excuse to come and be at the beach and do your audio work. Thanks to Shane, of course, for coming in. I hope you will be uh, semi-regular as often as you like. I really, really appreciate it, man. And uh, Dave, as always, for doing the production duties in there, trying his desperate best to keep us on time marks to some degree or other. So there you go, folks. That is it. That is your weekend confirmed. Enjoy the holidays. We'll be back next week. And Happy Hanukkah as well. Yeah. Oh, Hanukkah's Hanukkah starts obviously on Wednesday. starting early again this week. Uh, and that's Thanksgiving for America, United States. <laughs> All right. We're ghost. This podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free Weekend Confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for SlashLoot.com. Go to www.DoghouseSystems.com to see what system is right for you. Time for the tailgate brought to you by the Press Row Podcast from Operation Sports, where you can get the absolute best video game sports commentary anywhere. You've got folks from Pasta Padre, you've got folks from Kotaku and from Joystick and from Operation Sports all in one place in a massive podcast of video game sports awesomeness. So check it out. That's the Press Row Podcast hosted by Rich Grissom, who is uh, now here with us and tied with, well, actually, I guess he's. How does that work? If he's 21, 12, and 3, and I'm 21, 13, and 2, that puts him ahead by a half game. Ask the Packers. You know what? That's not not fair. Rich, this is my... That's not fair. Doesn't he know that this is my goddamn show? Has he not heard the program before? Math is not fair. So uh, following tradition, then we will blow our cover so you will know what the games are. And actually, never mind. Ozzy has to go first. Because Ozzy slipped in the beginning. Because he uh, went three and zero last week with that Arizona Dallas New England triumvirate. Would have gone four and zero if you let me pick that Chargers game. <laughs> no, because you, we know the Chargers won, so obviously you would have bet against them. That Arizona <laughs> pick was <laughs> bold. That was a good pick. <laughs> ah, thanks. We had a lot of folks with Arizona. All right, so what we'll do is we'll get started, and then we'll bring Rich in, and then we'll go in more. So we're going to start this sucker off. Speaking of Arizona, uh, we don't have Arizona in the pick list this week, but we do have a big matchup in Kansas City again. 
to these teams. Both these teams coming off losses. The Denver Broncos. Losses. A, a favorite. A pretty heavy favorite going into Kansas City. In Broncos, Broncos minus four and a half going into Kansas City. Yep. Ozzie, all right. you are the leader. And as the leader of the pack, you have to pick first on all these picks now. All right. KC doesn't have a defense left because both their guys went out last week. Huh? Both their guys? They have what? They, they put 11 on the field, but only two of them count? No, oh, they're two best ones anyway. Their you're, defense had shit the, the pass bed. rushing ends. Yeah, they and, lost their big pass rushers. Their and, defense had already shit the bed though before yeah, those true. guys got hurt. They had already started to not play the way they had early in the season. That's true. So between the Chargers putting up forty one on them, I don't have a lot of confidence in KC. So I'm going Denver. All right, if Denver and giving up the four and a half. I am. Uh, I, I, mean, I guess I'm next, and Rich is after that. So I'm. I'm on Denver as well. I, I kind of agree with all that. Uh, that analysis. Although I do think that Kansas City is one of the toughest places to play, and you think that they're going to do three losses in a row, huh? Kansas City. Yeah. I think it's more likely that Kansas City does three losses losses in a row than Denver does two. Kansas City is fading, and and Denver, and and, and the the conditions obviously, which I should have paid attention last week because what did I say about that game? Well, it's early in November. It'll well, be the weather was awful. It'll be yeah. fine in New England. Uh, yeah, it wasn't fine in New England. <laughs> I, I thought I mentioned Manning in cold weather last week. <sighs> it's not it's, look Manning in cold hey, weather man, is he, fan. He put up twenty four points, right? Yeah, that's, who Manning? Yeah, Manning to start the up, game. Oh, oh, I mean, he put a, and that was sort of the problem. Is is Denver played like a team that was ahead? Yeah, and they played like a team that was ahead way too early. Which is and exactly they were trying to not and lose. You can't yeah. do that against New England, regardless of the conditions. And and then it was it was a shame the way it ended. I mean, I hate to see it end on like a weird bounce punt off of someone else, but you know whatever. Yeah. Can I just Shit vent happens. for a second? Sure. <laughs> I'm sure you guys all play fantasy football. Well, I do. I have Rob Gronkowski in a league. This is two weeks in a row that because Belichick would rather get the team to the line of scrimmage to hike the ball instead of actually reviewing a play. That I lost, lost fantasy football games because Gronkowski scored last week. He refused to review it. Instead, they ran up, and I think they gave it to like Stephen Ridley. Same exact thing happened this week. He was clearly scored a touchdown. Instead of reviewing it, so I get those six points, and Brady gets the six At points. you don't have Vereen. I heard Vereen's the, great. I heard that Belichick doesn't particularly like you. Uh, I, I hate Belichick, so the <laughs> feeling's mutual. In fact, I hate the Patriots. But and, and you lost I lost out. two games because of he just... Unlike every other coach in the NFL, he's like, I just don't review plays. I'm just going to take my chances that we'll never get into the end zone instead. Reen is, is great. My point is that with, with that three-headed monster that they have, it's like anytime else, you can't trust a running back. Because then one week you might get 20, and one week you might get nothing. No, you should start Vereen every week in PPR. He yeah. is as steady as they come on that team. He's going to get hit. If PPR only. Well, if Ridley keeps dropping the ball, for sure. I mean, yeah, Blunt well, dropped one, too. So. All right, so you're taking, you're taking Denver. I'm taking Denver. Who are you taking? Denver. You're taking Denver minus yeah. the four and a half. Shane, you're in the guest role. I'm definitely taking Denver to Definitely cover. taking Denver. Yep. In the booth, Dave, who are you taking? Also taking Denver. Wow. Micah, are you finished? It's a Denver sweep. Who did Andrea take? Andrea also took Denver. All right, let's looks bring like in. This, looks like this line isn't high enough. I know. It's obviously, <laughs> Kansas City's going to clearly roll. Let's bring in Rich Grissom from the Press Row podcast to see how he's going to defend his uh, newly earned second place position. As always, thank you so much, Garnett. Hey, everybody, Rich Grisham here uh, from the Press Room Podcast. What do we got up first? You got the Broncos heading into Kansas City. The Broncos are uh, giving the Chiefs four and a half points. Both teams coming off brutal losses, but I love Denver in this game. Up next, you got the Bengals traveling to Ozzy's San Diego Chargers. The uh, Bengals are getting two points, and I love them in this game. Lastly, you got the Saints traveling to Del Rio, Seattle Seahawks. The Saints are getting six points. 
I got to go with the Saints as well in this one. Just it's too good to pass up. So um, as always, Garnett, thank you so much. We here at the Press Row Podcast love Weekend Confirmed. And hey, to everybody at Weekend Confirmed, Garnett, Jeff C., Jeff M., Andrew, Ozzy, Dave Del Rio, Andrea, Nicole, Christian, everybody in the booth, and everybody associated with Weekend Confirmed, have a great Thanksgiving. Eat, drink, and be merry. And on behalf of uh, the Press Row Podcast brought to you by Operation Sports, this is Rich Christian. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Wow, Rich covered everybody. I mean, he's thinking us. nice of him. The feeling is mutual, of course. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Rich. Okay, so. uh, Although we want to destroy you. By the way, Jeff, you're not, you know, you're not that bad off here. You're at 18, 15, and 2. Yeah. So. Not great. The season. Four games off the the leader. But you have makeups. You have makeups. And the season. Look, look. Yeah. We're not, you've got plenty of time to take advantage That's here. That's true. All right. So, uh, as you guys know, the next game we're picking is Cincinnati plus two at the Chargers. Well, I already not, know where Ozzy's going to go on this. He's going to take Cincinnati. Man, nothing kills my momentum faster than the Chargers game. You, <laughs> those bastards, they're going to get, they're going to rope me in again. They're going to make me think they can get the sixth spot and they're going to choke in this game. I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm taking the Chargers anyway. Oh, which means <laughs> the Chargers are definitely losing. <laughs> Oh, Ozzy, you have totally outranked me as like bitter, crazy, <laughs> insano fan. This is like this is actually I think is a really, really challenging uh, game to pick. It's it is, Cincinnati yeah. coming across the West Coast. It is the the Chargers looking good. I, I would I would probably I think that I'm a little up in the air on on Matthews' status. Do we know Matthews' status uh, for the game? We don't know. And I'm concerned that he could be out because that running game, it looked like Matthews was really doing a great job there. And I love what Woodhead brings to the table. God, Woodhead's been as huge a, as a mix season. up back. I mean, he did like, he was 200 all purpose yards this last game. Yeah. But having Matthews as a punch there, especially against a strong Cincinnati defense, to keep him honest, I think would be a really strong. Uh, component to have on the field. Yeah, yeah. They, you, you kind of saw against the Redskins that they can't actually run Woodhead like that. Yeah, that I mean, you can run so him much. here and there, but you're not you're not going to have him be your feature back, right? He, yeah, but, yeah, but back, I'm right? talking about yeah, that. He's Red like 120 th- pounds and like five foot two. Yeah, like, and they, they have, have never last this week though. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable! Oh, my God. They completed somebody. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I think that by virtue of you taking the Chargers and <laughs> and my feeling pretty good about the uh, Bengals. That I'm gonna go with the Bengals and I'll take those I'll take those two points, although I think that the two points are not enough in this game one way or the other. It's, it, the Bengals yeah. are either gonna be taking care of business or the Chargers are gonna beat them. I don't think it's gonna be a two it's not gonna be a close one like that, but I'll take the Bengals. Uh I against my better judgment am gonna side with Ozzy and take uh, the, the Chargers. The, the football charges. Yeah. I'm a Steelers fan and uh and that means here that you've <laughs> gotta hate the Bengals. <laughs> well, I don't hate the Bengals, but in my opinion, this game is basically a pick 'em. And so I'm going to go with uh, the Chargers, just hoping that the Bengals lose so the Steelers can gain a game and try to sneak into the playoffs here. Fair enough. From the booth, we have Dave, who is going with the Cincinnati Bengals. We get word that Andrea went with the Chargers. Oh, it's a double whammy. That's good for me. I'm liking that. Is she a She curse? went two and one last week. She did go two and one last week. But shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Especially don't tell Andrea. But Micah, where do you want to go? All right, for the he's going with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and then for the last of the three of us, before you get your Thanksgiving Day game, Jeff, yeah. we are going with the New Orleans Saints plus six. Wow, at, at the Seattle Seahawks, that line is absurd. Dave, maybe take it away with the Seahawks pick. 
I yeah. was going Seahawks all the way. We knew he was going confident Seahawks. with that, though. Seahawks all the way. New Orleans Saints plus six. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's Saints a- plus six. Take Saints the plus points. six. Take I, the I, points. I am taking the points. Taking the, <laughs> points, take the points. Taking the Saints. I mean, this game was too easy to pick. I mean, what's up with Vegas on this one? I think I'm going to go find a bookie and bet. Well, <laughs> what's, up, what's up is how much of a 12th man advantage Seattle gets at home, right, exactly. how strong their defense is perceived to be, and and the fact that they, too, are sitting there at 10-1. and 1. Although I mean, look, they're 10-1 team. Although didn't another, team. another yeah, corner get, get suspended for drugs, quote-unquote, Adderall or whatever the excuse is? <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently legal in Washington, according to uh, to Dave. Jeff? Yeah, I'm taking the points. I'm taking... Uh, and Shane? I think, actually, I think that... Everyone's uh, taking the Saints? I think the Saints are going to win outright. You know, in prior oh. in prior years, I probably wouldn't have taken the Saints, but the Saints' defense has improved so much this year. Don't even remind me. God damn it. I don't... I think Vegas is insane with that line, but that's just me. Michael, so. what do you think? He's taking the points as well, and what did Andrea do? Andrea is also... Oh! Andrea! <laughs> <laughs> what you didn't hear was him saying, uh, she's a knobbly... Oh! She took the, she took the Seattle! Damn it! <laughs> That was pretty Hilarious. funny. All right. So finally, uh, Jeff, your catch-up game. Happy Thanksgiving is Green Bay. Win with Flynn. Plus win six. Win with Flynn, baby. Plus six at Detroit. At Detroit. For a game that actually has playoff implications, which never happens in a Detroit-flavored uh, Detroit, Detroit Thanksgiving game. Detroit let themselves get <laughs> beat by Tampa Bay last week. Tampa Bay Tampa's on a three-game three three win, three win streak. Jaguars are on a run, too. By the way, talk about Coach it. of the year. Talk Tampa about, Bay. Talk about <laughs> fantasy. So... Fantasy, I'm doing a Dynasty League finally, and our Dynasty League does IDP, and I would never have guessed, first of all, I'm not into the IDP that much, but I would never have guessed that Levante Bell would have been one of the most important players on my whole damn team. No, it's just whoever gets the most tackles, so safeties are always the Did guys who roll the Bell, points, the line, inside linebackers. Line, so linebacker on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unbelievable. In fantasy, for IDP fantasy, awesome. the that players awesome. that are good, you would he's never rad. guess. Yeah. Like, there's a few, like Navarro Bowman is real good in fantasy, but most of the marquee players, if you play them in fantasy, actually aren't that good because what you find is that the teams go away from they them. They scheme against them. Yeah. yeah. So you don't want, like, the best cornerback. You want the cornerback who's kind of in the middle who will get picked on a little bit and will still be decent enough to defend the Yeah, because you don't care if he gets beat just if he gets his INT. Right. Or if he knocks passes down. But yeah, IDP is. So I'm taking Green Bay. I'm taking the six points. Nice. Yeah, uh, I think it's a close game either way. So I think I'm, I'm f- feel pretty Green Bay on the road to beat Detroit at home, who have a great record on Thanksgiving. Or at least keep it close. Well, they're saying no Aaron Rodgers already as well. Yeah. So win, for, win with Flynn, baby. Win with Flynn. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. Enjoy a fantastic holiday. Hope your football teams do very well. We'll be back next week as we make the run to the holidays.